Hey everybody, two things. First, I just want to say a quick thank you and happy new year to all of our Patreon backers at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Second thing I want to say is that uh, our guest today, uh, Richard, is on the other side of the world and there was significant Skype delay. I did my best to edit around it, but there are definitely places where I missed it and uh, I ask for your grace. And uh, But it's worth it because he brings amazing insight and I hope you love the episode. Thanks. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. This is the Hunter's Nightmare, where hunters end up when drunk with blood. Turn back before it's too late. Unless you've something of an interest in nightmares. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is Richard Pilbane. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a nightmare favorite. Yes, and this week we are beginning our discussion of the uh, Old Hunters DLC. Specifically, the first area, the Hunter's Nightmare. And as you heard, we are joined by Richard Pilbeam uh, of the YouTube channel Jerks Sans Frontiers. Um, and, uh, specifically, uh, he drew our attention with the Bloodborne Up Close series. Hey, Richard, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, I, I stumbled across, uh, Richard a couple months ago and people, you know, astute listeners probably heard me, heard me mention, uh, mention his work and, uh, hopefully you all went out there and subscribed because it is super, super cool. Um, we were discussing in the green room kind of thing. Like, I love how, uh, the Souls games support these various levels of Zoom, like, you know, we're, we're fairly like a review is really zoomed out, um, you know, and then what we do where it's like area by area is a little bit more zoomed in. And then what Richard does is like zoomed in, like literal zoom in, like with, with the monocular, yeah. um, zoom in. Do, do you want to kind of, for people who, who, uh, are not familiar, kind of explain, yeah. uh, what you do and, and how you came to it? Well, I do what's basically like a, like a law story analysis series, but I focus mostly on, on visual details and environmental design and things like that, as opposed to focusing on the, the item descriptions and the, the dialogue and stuff like that. Because I think that Bloodborne, it has probably the best developed and most detailed environment they've done, and mm-hmm. it's using that to tell its story. In a way that, like Dark Souls and especially Dark Souls Two, didn't really use their environments in that way. They told it through item descriptions, mm-hmm. particularly Dark Souls Two, which is like almost entirely told through item descriptions. You wouldn't really get a sense of how things fit together in that game without reading stuff. Right. Whereas in in Bloodborne, like I've I've got a half hour video that's just me talking about Hemwick, mm-hmm. and like Hemwick is mentioned in one item description in the whole game, which right. is the bone marrow ash. But then if you go to Hemwick and you just kind of like very slowly walk through and just take in the surroundings. You actually get a a real sense of what this place is and what its function is and how it connects to the rest of Yarnum and stuff like that. And that's all implicit in the area design and it's implicit in sort of the the way that characters dress and the, 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 the weapons they use and the items that are lying around and stuff like that. So that's what I look at, uh, basically just wandering around with the monocular. Yeah. If you haven't watched the videos, it's really cool because it's, uh, zoom, you know, it's, it's down to like accessories and stuff. Like, what is this monster wearing? Yeah. Like who, who wore it best? Yeah. You know, this, you know, tooth monster, this eyeball monster and the, um, you know, just like little like flaps of skin that are suggestive of other things. And one of the things I like about it, um, is that, uh, it allows, 
like we we talked about this in the last episode how a lot of bloodborne i feel like some of it is uh some of that stuff is a little bit fuzzy or open to a lot of interpretation mm. um and this uh i feel like what you do is also open to a lot of the you know yeah definitely open to a lot of this interpretation but it's still it adds up so it's like a preponderance of evidence or like a, yeah. a wealth of detail yeah. and even if you don't end up coming away with a concrete idea of things, having those details and so many of them just works to reinforce the suggestion of something. Yeah. It's more texture to make sure you can maintain your grip. Yeah. Like texture yeah, over yeah. text, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which is super, super cool. Um, and they're not like, it's something, you know, the, the Bloodborne Souls lore community is, you know, there are a lot of people doing work and a lot of people doing really great work, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't seen anybody do something quite like this. And, yeah. and that's you know what kind of drew me to it. The, the attention yeah. to visual detail. Like, are you an incredibly visually focused person in your day to day, in your professional life? Um, uh, well, I, 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 when I was an undergraduate, I studied film production, so okay. I've got a sort of sense of production design. But uh, right now, I'm I'm a researcher. I'm a, a doctoral researcher, and so I, I tend to just sort of look at small details and try to figure out like patterns and things in them. So that's probably influenced my methodology. Yeah. Um, have you have you always been a fan of of the series? Did you uh, kind of because I noticed you started creating stuff with the, with Bloodborne? Is it something that you mm. you've been playing these games uh, the you know the entire time, or did you get into it a little bit later? Um, I've been a fan of From Software actually since the first Armored Core on PlayStation 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I, I sort of like I sat out a couple of console generations like after I left high school. And I came back in when Demon Souls was released on PSN just because I thought, oh, it's From Software. I remember them from Armored Core. Yeah. So I played that. And that's that's got extremely good um, environmental design as well. And then I played Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2. I love both of those games, but they don't have, I think, they're very broad. They mm-hmm. have a very sort of epic scope to them, whereas Demon Souls, it's it's one kingdom, so everything feels very kind of intimate and everything is linked. Mm, and no. Bloodborne has the same feel to it, whereas you look at Dark Souls, like that's that's just a massive game, mm-hmm. and as a result, it, the sort of the detail is spread a bit more thin because it's so, the experience itself is so broad. Yeah. And like they all appeal to me in different ways, but like Bloodborne is definitely the one where I'm really into the environment. And I, I actually had someone comment on a video I did on Kanehurst saying that she was a really big fan of the Kanehurst area specifically, and that made her want to play the other Souls games. And she went back to play Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2. And she found the the worlds like quite unengaging in comparison to Bloodborne because they, they felt to her like they were like a stage set or just like a level that was designed to facilitate gameplay rather than an environment that existed on its own terms. Hmm. And I think Bloodborne really, really does that in a way that that the other ones haven't. And I'm really looking forward to Dark Souls 3 because it looks like they might be continuing on this direction. I wonder how much of that has to do with... um... You know, so I've, I've been finally getting other use out of my PS4 other than just as a Bloodborne <laughs> machine and like noticing um, that being one of the big things with the step up in graphical fidelity is like yeah. the clutterfication of games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and, uh, you know, they, like you would I think I feel like you would posit that like for something like Bloodborne, like having this ability to have dozens of, of small objects and really minute texture details is a real boon. And like whereas like so that's something that like and I, I, I would agree you know, to, you know, for the most part, and then something where like in say like Arkham Knight, like I think it's a real detriment, yeah. um, this kind of idea that like you can put dozens and dozens of tiny objects on the screen at all times. Um, 
And it's kind of cool to see that because that's the, you know, would be one of the big differences in, in the the previous Souls games is that like they feel a little bit like sets partly because they just can't have as much going on. Yeah. Or they, if they have a lot going on, it's a lot of repeated stuff. See the Astrolabe yeah. factory. And, yeah. Uh, Astrolabe <laughs> factory, the statue, statue deposit, send statue, yeah. for, you know, yeah. Emporium. Yeah. yeah. But see, like I would, I would say that that Demon Souls had a not to the same degree, but a very, very well developed environment, mm-hmm. um, and that mm-hmm. that graphically kind of just looks like a slightly higher resolution PS2 game. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's the amount, like that, the Boletarian Palace, like that whole area is is in terms of like just stuff you can intuit by just wandering around it. Is that's up there with Kanehurst in terms of like detail. Yeah, it's just it's low poly detail. <laughs> It's yeah, I, would, I would love to see you do do some stuff on on Demon Souls yeah. because there's a real dearth of yeah. Demon Souls love. Um, Franz, a German spy, he did. Yep. He, he has an LP called Demon Souls in Depth, mm-hmm. where he mm-hmm. basically does what I was doing, what I'm doing now, but he's doing it in the style of a Let's Play, and he wanders around. It's like an hour or something of him just wandering around um, Boletaria with the the spyglass, just looking at everything, and talking about, you know, like this is this is the this is the quarters where the knights would eat and here's like where the stables are and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I, I haven't seen that. I'm familiar with yeah. him, but I have not, uh, I've not seen that specific yeah. let's play. So he, he's, that's, that's basically what I'm ripping off just without right. the let's play. Because <laughs> by the time I was ready, everyone had already let's played Bloodborne. And I'm like, there's no point. <laughs> yeah. We have to chop this up a bit more. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Yeah. We're really, really happy to have you. And, uh, and thank you. You know, I'm, I'm happy to subscriber to and, Look forward to, to seeing what the rest of what you do, In, including segue segue um, <laughs> your stuff on the uh, the DLC. Yes, um, yeah. Because we're we're talking about the uh, the hunter's nightmare here. Cool. Uh, what did we do last time? Well, last time we finished the main game of Bloodborne proper um, by either killing or being killed by Gehrman, uh the first hunter. But the ending of the main game before this DLC came out was fairly uh, ambiguous. There was a lot of a lot of unanswered questions, right? And so, mm-hmm. fortunately, with this DLC, there's a place where hunters go, and there's a place where we can go um, and find some answers, because the hunters were uh, omnipresent, but very poorly explained. And uh, now we're going to get to the bottom of exactly where they fit in the, uh, in the world of Yarnum. Yeah, and, and get, uh, ultimately, and this is, you know, my old spoilers, uh, we should we should probably say there will be some spoilers for the entire old DLC. Like, all spoilers are still off. Right. Um, but uh, also, let's get uh, Bergenworth's hands dirty. <laughs> like, uh, I'm sick of those effete intellectuals in their <laughs> yeah. ivory tower. Um, so let's uh, let's let's get them in the muck. Um, <laughs> similar to uh, uh, Scholar of the First Sin, this released as a DLC and then also kind of a patch, or like a new version and a patch. So everyone got this kind of patch that added some content that we're also, we haven't addressed before that we're going to uh, address here, starting with the league, um, which is a covenant. Yeah. So this patch, uh, it was there primarily so you could get the weapons and stuff um, uh, by some kind of circuitous means. But this, this covenant, um, it's a, it's a bit of a uh, shadow version of the, uh, of, of Solaire's covenant of the, uh, what, what is it? I, I forget the name of it even now. Warriors of Sunlight? Yes, the Warriors of Sunlight, yeah. I knew the answer, but I was testing you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I could... Heirs of the Sun? No, that's from from 2. I didn't want to make myself sound like an ass, but I'm explaining it too much. But you find this uh, this new NPC um, in the Forbidden Woods. His name is Valtir, um, and uh, he's kind of behind the shortcut uh, to the elevator by the first lamp. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and he's got a big goofy helmet. Blank <laughs> Solaire. He's got a yeah, bucket head. He's, he's, he's bucket head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's the unknown unknown uh, guitarist. Phantom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. um, he's, he's bucket head. <laughs> and uh, he's kind of like, um, like I really like uh, Veltier. He's weirdly, when you first run into him, a little bit cartoonish for Bloodborne. <laughs> He's very yeah. broad. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very broad. He's like the wacky neighbor, like the bloodborne <laughs> wacky neighbor here, even though he's the beast eater, which is badass and awesome. Um, <laughs> at least starting out, it's just like, Oh, okay. This guy is kind of a goof. Um, you know, he's, he's talking about, uh, it's almost like he's making fun of the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. where he's like, Oh, the, you know, there are these wretched beasts and, and freak slugs and mad doctors, which is the most <laughs> reductive way to describe Bloodborne's story <laughs> that I can think of. Um, <laughs> and he's dressed up as as the constable, which is um, these these. We'll learn this from item descriptions in the DLC. Uh, are from a foreign land, and uh, he, this one, this specific Valtier, was the sole survivor of a beast attack, and who then ate the beast, which is metal and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and so if you decide to, uh, to 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 kind of throw your lot in with, with with the league, you're given the ability to see kind of what's at the heart of this corruption. I think that's why he's being so dismissive of the of the beasts and the doctors and the slugs, because mm-hmm. to a member mm-hmm. of the league, all of this iniquity stems from these little centipede like creatures. These vermin found hidden within filth are the root of man's impurity. Perhaps there is some mercy in the madness. Those who wish to see the vermin can, and those who choose to are provided with boundless purpose, which is really just um, a smokescreen, it seems, for the ability to kill with impunity. Mm, maybe. <laughs> see, I, I don't know. I think maybe it, it wasn't a smokescreen to begin with, but at this point, Volter is just completely mad. Because mm-hmm. yeah, there's but- the... His helmet's got one eye hole. Right. And if you, there's like, the thing about Volta is if you kill him, you get his helmet. And then if he, if he dies as part of his quest progression, you get his helmet as well. And the description changes depending on how Volta ends up dying. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember which one it is. I think it's if you progress the quest. But it says that he's only got one eye hole because his other eye is rotted out. Right. Mm-hmm. The implication is like because we get this item called the Eye of the Blood Drunk Hunter, which mentions this that as the scourge progresses, one of your eyes starts rotting out. So at this point, like Volta seems to have like he's succumbing to the scourge, and yeah. one I think it's some other weapon or item that he's associated with mentions that he lost the ability to actually see the vermin a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So mm. it's like for him. For him, maybe it's just an excuse to go out and kill, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that like it's necessarily a covenant specifically for psychopaths. We don't know, <laughs> right? The way he presents it is very much, uh, it very much reads as uh, uh, like it would have been ripped from the the villains' notebooks and seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Like it, <laughs> yeah, it reads, it yeah. reads like a madman's justification. Like the, yeah. the, the so line, like that, yeah, the classic uh, sort of souls NPC who's a <laughs> single-minded, obsessed with one purpose. Well, and, to and the, the exclusion one, of everything else. The, the vermin item description is one of the more on-the-nose thematic descriptions up there with that, like, faded ember, with, like, this whole, like, those who wish to see the vermin can and those who choose to are provided with boundless purpose. Like, yeah. it kind of feels like it's putting the cart before the horse a little bit. You yeah. know, like, it implies that you're doing it for the purpose mm-hmm. as opposed to just want, you know, like, saying yeah. that, like, Underlining that it, it provides you with purpose is not something that you usually see as a motivating factor in things. Yeah. It, it's weird. I've, re- I've read a lot of stuff about vermin online, and I still haven't read anything I really love. 
about how vermin fit into the game. It's weird because this does something that, that the DLC does a lot, which is kind of duplicates things. Why would a hunter go and kill other hunters? Well, they may be Eileen and they may be a hunter of hunters, or they may just be on the frenzy and trying to get more blood, or they may be like, this is another reason to provoke people to go out and kill more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say was that in um, like Japanese like spiritual symbolism, the, the idea of the centipede writhing within filth is it's like a common sort of motif like the centipede is seen as a an animal that's very close to to filth and corruption so it, the vermin makes sense from that point of view yeah mm-hmm. yeah the, the, I mean, the root really, of corruption would be yeah would be a centipede it makes it makes it makes sense in that way it's weird um I guess when I say I was having a hard time placing it I almost mean um like narratively mm-hmm. like some like where yeah. it ends up it feels like a little bit like it's answering a question that wasn't asked um, in, in some yeah. respects. They seem uh, like, you know, you know the, the, the parasite maggot worm grub things you see like around. Mm-hmm. You see mm-hmm. they come out of the silver beast in there. It seems like that maybe the, the vermin are similar to that because there's, there's like the bloodletting beast, which is like it's implied that that's got some massive connection to the whole corrupted blood in Yarnum kind of saga and when you get that the headless version you beat you get it down to half health it's got a massive worm in it yeah and it feels like maybe the vermin are like that's what these maggots were supposed to be and then that was cut out and they've reintroduced it as the vermin yeah 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 Yeah, and and came up with kind of posited different reasons for it just it it when 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 cool, when you mentioned like the thing, like it answers questions twice. Like, I feel like there are some things that the, the DLC does that. And in almost every case, I like the DLC kind of narrative reason more. <laughs> and we talked about that yeah, in the definitely. last episode. Well, um, <laughs> well, it also sucks because this posit is this posits that the, the reason anybody does anything bad ever is because of one of these bugs somewhere inside them. Yeah, I mean, is that is that the idea? Because that's monumentally unsatisfying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but, but like, <laughs> I was talking um, with someone, actually Redgrave, the guy who wrote The Pale Blood Hunt, mm-hmm. about this. And I was like, if you watch The Exorcist and there's like the possessed kid and she's vomiting green stuff mm-hmm. everywhere. Like the this, the story there isn't the kid's got too much green stuff. We need to bring in a stomach <laughs> pump. Then she'll be all right. <laughs> the issue is that she's possessed and that's manifesting as mm-hmm. the green vomit that she's vomiting everywhere. So to me, it seems like the vermin are... It's like everyone's impure and the vermin are like a manifestation of the impurity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rather it has, than it, the vermin cause the impurity. Or the, the, yeah, exactly. They have to be on top of or a symptom of or connected to <laughs> as opposed to being instead of because instead yeah. of is, is really kind of dumb. I, I, uh, <laughs> I also like the idea that this is a, a kind of mass hysteria. I don't like that word. Sorry. Uh, uh, kind of a shared hallucination. Um, because you, by becoming a part of this of this uh, covenant, you get a, a rune, the impurity rune, that uh, nets you these vermin when you perform successful like co-op sessions, right? Mm. And mm. so these yeah. only show up when they're so like, they're, oh, there's totally a bug here, right? Yeah, dude, there's totally a bug here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like the 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 corruption rune, obviously, it's in your brain, mm-hmm. so like it could be doing something to you where you're seeing these things that aren't necessarily there. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. get into the the kind of unreliable narrator stuff that is 
is true of, of most fiction, but it's super true of a game that, you know, deals with with nightmares and dreams and liminal states. Yeah. Like even though, you know, and, and we, we talked about it a lot, like I understand it, it's not nothing is all a dream, mm-hmm. but there mm-hmm. is some kind of, uh, uh, you know, we can't always trust what's actually happening. When you progress Volta's quest line, you do it by crushing these vermin that you find after co-ops. And the way that he knows you've done it is he says, the look in your eyes says that you've done this, but he hasn't mm-hmm. witnessed it. Right. So this mm-hmm. could actually, this could be some like hallucination thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It is. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not it, like this, the sunlight metals where like that seems to be actually, that's like actually a form of currency that right. you're doing something with kind of in reality. Yeah, Volta is just like you look like you've seen some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You come back; it, it's like born on the Fourth of July. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're flying, so you must have this pink feather. Yeah, vermin and yeah. nom. Um, <laughs> as far as the the big mechanical thing this adds is, I love that you can. There are now summons for a lot of boss fights, which is something yeah. that I wish had been in yeah, the main game. Definitely, definitely, yeah. <laughs> I just, I you know, I feel like if if you're not great at at bloodborne like you know we, we were officially the podcast that you know has no tolerance for get good like <laughs> you should still be able to enjoy the game so right. having some help for some of these yeah. uh, these boss fights is great yeah and, and the- weirdly like some of the guys that you summon are characters who are dead right yeah like you can summon henrik after you've killed him mm-hmm. yeah and that which happens again in the this, dlc yeah yeah which kind of connects with the whole like nightmare thing so did like henrik die and pass on to the nightmare <laughs> and now we're calling him back out of the nightmare again and it's really mm-hmm. sort of yeah. interesting implications we talked about this a little bit in the uh in the uh chalice episodes but uh but uh like these summons pop up throughout the main game as well um even in the even in the chalices and that even yeah. like you can summon a version of uh of alfred or what you know like yeah. what, what is applied to be a stand-in for alfred the the the, the queen killer mm-hmm. yeah 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 his 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 like uh dark side or what have you <laughs> Um, which I still couldn't, uh, for people who are asking um, on Twitter and stuff, uh, I did verify that he, the Queen Killer, did drop an item when I fought Yarnum, uh, but I still cannot see what item it is because oh, his uh, he died message is in front of it. But I checked my oh. my video and it's not a hallucination; like it actually happened. <laughs> I'll have to look out for that because I haven't I haven't gotten to Yarnum uh, post DLC yet, so mm-hmm. that'll I'll mm-hmm. keep an eye out for that. Uh, let's talk about how we uh, how we get to the nightmare. Yes. Uh, so this is uh, not a place you can go right away. Um, mm-hmm. If you start a new game with the old hunters uh, installed, you have to get you know a fair a fair bit through the game, about one third. Uh, you gain access to this after you kill Vicar Amelia when a messenger appears uh, on the stairs in the hunter's dream, kind of by where you got uh, your first uh, your first weapons and stuff, mm-hmm. and he carries the eye of a blood drunk hunter. Yep. And uh, this says, uh, so the eye of a blood drunk hunter, its pupil is collapsed and turned to mush, indicating the onset of the scourge of beasts. A hunter who goes drunk with blood is said to be taken by the nightmare, destined to wander forever, engaged in an endless hunt. It is a fate that no hunter can escape. Yeah. So. And so this sets up this mythology of where you're headed as this kind of perverted Valhalla. Yeah. Mm. And and the the the. DLC itself is going to be about getting to the bottom of why this is happening. Right. You know, why this is is happening to these characters. Um, Yeah. There's kind of, when you pick it up, it kind of tells you where you might need to go. Um, But (laughs) I I just ended up looking it up. It's pretty annoying. uh, Actually. Uh, It's a, it's a specific amygdala and, and it's, you could be forgiven a little bit because amygdalas do transport you to nightmares. Like it's happened before, (laughs) but just knowing which amygdala and where to go. 
Um, and like, it's that kind of specific. Apostles. It's the Erden amygdala. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but like all the other amygdala are in Yahagul, and there's just this one amygdala that hangs around outside Erden. Yeah. Yeah. And it's That's so right. peculiar because like, <laughs> why is there one amygdala outside Erden and nowhere else? <laughs> he's here to take you. He's the he's the Hunter's Nightmare yeah, well, Express. Now, now, yeah, now, now we know why he's there. Yeah, <laughs> because, like, I, I assumed in like the base game that um, it was there because of Ariana's child. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, but then of course that cannot happen. Mm-hmm. That depends yeah. on your own choices. So, but he's there all the time anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, the economy yeah. is tough. It's like he picked up an Uber. Like he's he's, he's doing some some extra shifts to make. You know, <laughs> got to make his loan payments. Make blood echoes. You know, get some blood echoes to rub together. Yeah, and I've um, noticed um, that that weird room in Erden where we get the Blood Gem Workshop tool. Mm-hmm. That room is so strange because it looks like it's like a miniature version of Bergenworth. A little bit, yeah. It's got the uh, the bookcases yeah. and the work tables the, and stuff. Yeah, and the the RAs with the solar system and all that. And it's got a note about the Bergenworth spider. Mm-hmm. And that room's never explained. Yeah, right? because it's like underneath Erden, we've got this little like Bergenworth room. So it seems like maybe this might have been like a trial run for Yahagul <laughs> where they did like a little summon hmm. and like hmm. one amygdala showed up and like, okay, it works. That's our control experiment. Now we're going to do the, the proper thing in Yahagul. And then they couldn't get rid of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it just, well, you know. They just didn't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, it just hung out. You just get used to it. It's just, yeah. yeah. I mean, it saves yeah. you on like trash bills and stuff. You just no one you know, can th- see it. <laughs> you just you just put tonsil stones next to your bags of trash. Yep, and get the amygdala to teleport them to another. <laughs> yeah. Plane. Why do you think the Why do you think the nightmare is full of all that shit? You know. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. I really like that idea. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait a minute. If the if the blood gem uh, workshop tool, if that uh, if if that room is uh, is is a miniature Bergenworth, is that the branch? Is that where like people go for two years to get their, uh, <laughs> their <associates laughs> to, get, to get their associates? Yeah, before... like community that, Bergenworth. That room yeah. is so because like the the workshop tool has been misplaced from the hunter's dream. All right. Mm-hmm. So, and like the guy who gives you the key to get into that room's gas coin because he's he's locked the gate behind him and the right. the door out of that room's closed and ga- it's just really strange because it's like. And like Gascoigne's got the music box that plays Lullaby for Murgo, which is like mm-hmm. that song diegetically exists within the game as a song for Murgo. And it's so like, it's so weird, that whole, mm-hmm. but I don't want to get off track. But I mean, yeah. that area is bizarre. Yeah, yeah. It, it is out of context and it's never quite reconciled, except very meekly by the fact that there is a connection between Bergenworth and the church. Yeah. Yeah. And when this uh, Amidala grabs you, you hear a a woman's voice who says, uh, "Curse the fiends, their children too, and their children forever true." Uh, introducing the kind of rhymy sing song nature <laughs> of uh, a lot of the the direct text, the narration we're going to get. Yeah, yeah, I love this. I love the fact that they picked that motif and stuck with it. Yeah, and it, it this is going to make a lot of sense a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for now, it's just in, yeah, it's it's not children <laughs> like it's. We were talking about this like before we recorded, but like the way the DLC tells the story is it, it'll drop something in front of you that doesn't make any sense now. <laughs> and then it will explain it later on in the DLC in the later area. Suddenly everything will make sense. It's, it's got but memento disease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really, it's really cool to piece it together. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah. ends up making that kind of souls game as archeology span feeling 
uh, as far as like a compact area that sets up and resolves its mysteries in one place, mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't seen anything that's quite this uh, c- contained. Yeah. In that respect, it, like it, yeah. it's taking advantage of the fact that it's structured in a completely linear way because it, yes. it can dot yeah. that information to you and it knows what you've already seen. Yeah. There's a, you could do if you were like uh, going between different areas and at your own <laughs> like volition. Yeah. There's a fantastic article on Eurogamer that gives a little bit of a lore summary of, uh, of the uh, DLCs and its major kind of thesis, if I can lay this out, is that these are presented in reverse chronological order, which um, sets up these amazing moments like this where you get a piece of information that seems nonsensical, if, if not thematically relevant. Uh, or resonant out of context um and then later much later when you've even forgotten you experienced that thing probably it makes much more sense in hindsight yeah it's pretty neat does good work <laughs> let's uh and so you get teleported into uh this nightmare version of the urden chapel uh, chapel mm-hmm. of urden and it's cool because the, the you know it's going to look weird and nightmarey but at first the the differences are subtle like there are differences between yeah. this, uh, the Chapel Verdon and the Nightmare version, but they save the big reveal, like the stepping outside moment, <laughs> you know, initially. Yeah. Um, but so yeah. when you get outside, um, it is, it is familiar. It's Yarnum, <laughs> but everything is kind mm. of covered with this, uh, like tree bark or um, I was looking at it's, them today. It's, yeah, it it's the like same fingerprints. Kind of, you see. You see it in the the amygdala boss room in the Nightmare yeah. Frontier. The rock with these weird like striations in it, it almost looks like muscle tissue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh it's it's almost uh like uh what is it like a uh, limestone or sandstone where it's yes. laid across in uh kind of, yeah. kind of sheets like it's a cross section of that. Um and that kind of uh irregular mineral surface is kind of ubiquitous across the Nightmare, right? Yeah, and and the the monoliths that have like the crack down the middle, and you can see like blood and sort of sinew <laughs> in between. Yeah, yes, which is kind. Yeah. That's why I was connecting it with with striations in muscle tissue because mm-hmm. it, it sort of looks like this is organic stuff that's turned to stone, but you can still the kind of gooey stuff is still in the middle, like a chocolate. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, 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 <laughs> yep, you're getting some blood from a stone chunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's a uh, the way that it's laid out and the way that this stuff is corrupting the area um, speaks to that classic souls like I mean corruption or kind of uncontrolled growth mm-hmm. yeah you know and it's it's interesting to see it juxtaposed with the order of a city because when you when you're in Yarnum um, as far as you know even the the urban areas we've seen before in Souls games like Yarnum is the best or the most laid out in in you know straight kind of vertical lines and it's very orderly. Um, you know, it's a little confusing to get around, but it's not like, uh, you know, when you're in, in the undead burg or what have you, no. and it feels like things are kind of building out and, and kind of chaotic. Yeah. They're like not it's, it's, very it's, ad hoc. It's, it's an orderly city. It has streets and it has, you know, um, and this is just, it's corrupt, corrupting it and disturbing it in a way that's, you know, literally, you know, turning buildings sideways. Yeah. yeah. It's um, very you know, kind of lost Isolith. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah, with but, these sort of rock things instead of the tree roots it's like uh the, like the, the the absolute reverse of erosion is happening this stone yeah. is building up around everything forcing it apart yeah and you see a tomb mold growing like around the place hmm. did you notice that yeah no i didn't notice that but that makes sense oh yeah because t- and tomb mold's supposed to grow in in blood like hmm. after you leave it for a while 
this place gets pretty bloody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we're we're going to see some there's blood. There's a bit later on. Yeah. Um, but yes, I love, I, I love how this uh, kind of takes, because we've seen minor versions of this with uh, uh, specifically the Nightmare of Mensis, but also there's a little bit in uh, the, the, the Nightmare Frontier where it's something that's slightly familiar, but uh, a nightmare perverted, twisted version of it. Um, you know, this is recognizable um, in much the same way that, what is it? The, the the King's Forest in the Artorias of the Abyss DLC is mm. similar to uh, to Darkroot mm. a little bit. You can recognize yeah. the structures. It's more overt here, but it's definitely there. And what I'm saying is the Old Hunters DLC is a cash grab and they just reused assets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a brief moment, I was disappointed that I was in a similar area. <laughs> like for, for a moment before I realized like to the degree that the uh, the nightmare muscle growth changed the the traversal and changed things. And before I actually got to the areas that are straight up new, mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I'm going to do this part of the game, but it's going to be, you know, full of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I trusted them. I didn't actually think that was going to be the case, yeah. but I could, I was kind of sympathetic to that idea at first. But I think that, you know, as soon as you start going up the stairs, you'll realize that it's, yeah, you know, very, very different. And it's not the same, which, same area. Which same is game like, again, uh, an advantage of it being such a linear structure yeah. that it it, mm -hmm. it can shove you in this like almost normal area and then gradually get stranger because it knows <laughs> yeah. you have to go through it this way yeah yeah, yeah. um you're gonna see your first uh first enemy on the the stairs here um on your way up which is a hunter uh which is you know one like it's they're 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 listening to me where like the hunter fights are the best fights in this game you know <laughs> so you get to do a lot of them like it's if you yeah. like uh like parrying people um, this is a really fun area to move through. Yeah. Um, but I love how the first hunter, you know, the, the first hunters you run into here are all armed with new weapons for you to, as a kind of a preview. Like it's an enemy that can use your moves and are doing cool new things that mm -hmm. you'll be able to do soon. Yeah. Um, so when I first saw this, this weapon, the, uh, the strength version of the, uh, the sword can, I can't remember the name of it right now. The beast cutter, the beast cutter. Um, I was just really excited to see it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I want that. <laughs> um, you know, and I, yeah. and I got it. I want that, but also I don't quite know how it behaves just yet. Yeah, so. and you get to watch it in action. Mm -hmm. So, which which is you know pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, it's strong design. Mm -hmm. <laughs> look look at look yeah. at something else. Use this so you can uh, anticipate it and uh, get it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of these uh, hunters have hunting dogs, which are just dogs. The the beasts here are much more interesting though, mm -hmm. um, because they are you know non aggressive, more or less. <laughs> like yeah. Well, not only are they non-aggressive, they actively cower. From yeah, they cower, mm -hmm. um, which makes me think that, like, if this is a hell for, for hunters, what is it for these guys? <laughs> Ultra hell. You know? Yeah, super hell. Like, it's, Double it's, hell. it's death for the damned. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, these are modeled after or resemble the patient beasts from uh, from Old Yarnum, by the way. Yeah. 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 Um, but yes, they, they, which, they, and they... Of course, those ones will back away in the same way if you've got fire out. Yes. These, these ones, ones do, do it all it the time. Time. Everything is fire. It's like Angela from Silent Hill 2. Um, <laughs> and, and the hunters will aggro the beast before they aggro you. Um, right. Because so, yeah. they're kind of, they're stuck in this this purgatory of hunting hunting beasts. <laughs> and I love how the beasts are not challenging for them. Like it makes it feel like it adds, you know, it, you were saying that's kind of a reverse Valhalla. Um, that adds a wrinkle to it, which is literally them just hunting down non-aggressive, cowering, pathetic enemies for eternity. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Shades of a, a certain certain thing that happened. Yeah. Huh. You know, some some peaceful peaceful puppers. <laughs> Got skull scraped. Um 
<laughs> but no. um, uh, the, you are not kind of sticking to the cobblestone here. Uh, as you are kind of progressing through these familiar areas, this you know the grand staircase through to the uh, like the plaza uh, where you originally fought kind of some of the the church giants and stuff like that, um, you're you're mostly breaking from that because of the gates uh, and walking around on the rock outcroppings, mm-hmm. yeah, mm. which really changes the kind of the topography of the stage. And they're introducing the density of of new items and everything here too. Mm-hmm. Because you pick yeah. up new new armor and weapons, you know, in this first area with a frequency that isn't matched in the rest of the game. And it's one <laughs> that I, I really like. Um, one, mm. for that conveyance of information. Um, and two, just it felt uh, like it felt good to get a bunch of new shit to play with in <laughs> cool fashion souls, um, you know, for traversing this pretty challenging area. Like, you know, this this kind of density of hunter fights we haven't seen before. And hunter fights are fun, but they're also some of the more challenging ones in the game. Yeah, and situations in the main game where there's more than one hunter are always very challenging. Think of the gang squad in uh, in Yahar Ghoul. Think of the two that are outside of the uh, the amygdala that takes you to uh, the nightmare frontier. Um, except here, the they cover each other very very well. Yeah, yeah, and you're and you're kind of saving grace. Are those beasts right that will mm. distract them? Because it's full of these little, like, hunter versus beast, or later on you see hunters versus this weird kind of tentacle executioner thing set pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of the impression I got is that that's kind of stuff they maybe wanted to do in the base game, and for some reason they couldn't get the AI working. The the kind of set piece things where you stumble across The kind of set pieces these, with yeah. hunters actually fighting beasts. Yeah, mm-hmm. as opposed to just trying waiting to kill you. Yeah, like I, I, I know you both love the Chalice Dungeons. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, famous one. You know, Ooh, the, I, I'm the playing one right now. Soul <laughs> kind of roaming ones that you find. It's mm-hmm. like a boss called the Beat, but you, you will occasionally find it outside. It's just like a regular mob. Yeah, if I'm you leave that near, it has the same kind of AI pattern that the, the hunters here in the Nightmare have, where it will just attack whatever is closest to it, regardless of whether it's you or an enemy. Mm hmm. So it and there's one of those like locked up in a like a silo in a lower part of Yarnum. Hmm. But it will never leave the silo. It's AI kind of tethers it there. But it makes me think that like maybe this specific thing was like they designed it with the intent that it would go rampaging around like Yarnum murdering hunters while you were there. Yeah, which would be awesome. And it, <laughs> yeah, it, and they know, just it... never got it working. And now they're yeah. kind of they figured it out now. So they've got these yeah. little set pieces all over the nightmare. It really does make it feel more alive. Like it, it doesn't feel like it's made just for you. Um, yeah. The way some areas of the game do, where it's like it's just, everything's just waiting yeah. for me to show up and kill it. I was I was so confused the first time I played it because there's a big crucified wolf in the middle of Yarnum, <laughs> and then you run up the bridge to the cleric beast, and there's wolves there, and the hunters and the wolves ignore each other completely. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't feel like the hunters were actually hunting beasts, but here it actually does. Yeah, which which is you know masterstroke, like is super super yeah, cool and adds like, a lot to to making this place feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, as you kind of kind of go around and gather treasure on your way up these stairs um, through these things, you get to that that set piece that you mentioned um, when you actually get to the church, uh, which is the um, you know well first there's like a, there's a trap, there's another cartoonish uh, flaming <laughs> you know sphere trap, uh, but you get up there and there are two hunters trying to get into the uh, the cathedral. Yeah. And uh, a nightmare executioner, which is this this tentacle faced uh, behemoth, kind of pops out and start fighting. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. These these things are this is one of my favorite designs in the game. Like I, I really like the way these things look. It's the um, yeah. it's the coloration that sticks out for me. It's the it's the pale white 
against the blue and the red. Yeah. That really makes yeah. them feel really yeah. sickly, sickly and vital. I at tried the same writing time. a description of one and I sounded like I was the narrator of a Lovecraft story. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just like all these, this like amalgam of things that I understand on their own terms, but don't actually go together. <laughs> yep, yep. It's like, it's like the Yahagul helm with the <laughs> church giant gear on top of an executioner body, but the head is a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> and inside that there is a squid. <laughs> it's it's funny because when you put it in those terms like this, you know, okay, so this is an amalgamation of these other things. This feels like kind of a kind of a weird counterpart to the uh, to the winter lanterns. Yeah. Hmm. Right. You know, just the idea that the winter lanterns are uh, maybe your hunter's mind putting together um, uh, just out of these disparate parts, something that approximates the, you know, the gestalt of this thing that you otherwise couldn't comprehend. So yeah. maybe there are some messengers up here and there's the, the there's the dolls clothing down here. And this is OK, here you go. <laughs> the brain just spits out the yeah. sketch. And, and and that's what you're saying. I don't know that that's exactly what's happening here, but this feels like an echo of that. Um, the, the, the look of them, they, they have like, like they're wearing the church giant set. It's the executioner model, like in terms of the body and everything, but they're wearing the church giant set. And later on, we find a bunch of them holding this weapon called the church cannon. And mm -hmm. when you get the church cannon, it tells you this was designed by the church specifically for use by, I've got the quote here, um, brawny men with deteriorated brains. So it seems like these things might have been like a precursor to the church giants, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Because like there's one, there, there are two kind of places where we meet them. And in this one, they're guarding the cathedral. Mm -hmm. Like it, it doesn't want the hunters to go in there. That's why it fights them. And then later on, there's a bunch of them guarding this, like the, the end area of the DLC, which we're going to get to. Mm -hmm. But the church don't want people there either. So it seems like almost this one at the cathedral might be like protecting what's inside the cathedral from the hunters that are trying to get in. Yeah. Well, which, which makes sense given what's inside the cathedral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. In um, in that way, specifically the these brawny men with deteriorated, deteriorated minds, um, it, it, the, they also feel a little bit like an echo of the huntsman's minions. Mm-hmm. To a degree, yeah. these uh, Jay, the, the brick trolls and whatnot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And the, yeah, the, just physically silhouette-wise, mm -hmm. there is something that the church are doing that is making people like swell into these huge creatures. <laughs> so you have like there's the executioners and there's the brick trolls and then there's the giants. But the giants seem like a different kind of species almost. They do. They feel like a giant. Yeah. They, they, they feel like the uh, the the church attendants, but with yeah. gigantism. Or monsters. Yeah, and they, they yeah. look exactly like the ones you find in the labyrinth. Yeah. 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 And also the, the nightmare executioners, they have the same bell around their neck that the mm -hmm. church giants have. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which which makes it like what Cole is like saying, if if it is similar to to my Winter Lanterns take or like that Winter Lanterns take that it is you kind of putting together elements that you've seen before, like that makes a kind of sense to it. Yeah. Like that they would that they would have the bell, like it's kind of a hand wave, but it also, you know, I can see it. And they have um, that, that bizarre axe thing. Mm-hmm. Because, mm -hmm. like, the executioners, they have their axe. It's, like, got a, it's a, a regular sort of big metal axe, and if they grab you, they will cut your head off with it. Whereas these ones, the axe is, like, this weird hunk of, like, rock 
that its attacks actually do this weird, like, arcane effect, and you can hear yeah. a bell ringing as they swing it. Hmm. Mm. And it's got, like, runes on it, if you get up close and look at it. Um, and they're not, like, th- there are runes on the Kirk Hammer, and there's runes on the, the sort of the sides of the staircase as you go up the cathedral. And those those look like, they're very sort of Norse-looking runes. They're very ordered and they're very angular. But the runes on this axe are just all over the place, like this weird sort of looping curved design. It looks kind of Celtic. So it's like these, they don't, they're not the same runes. They don't belong together. So yeah. this, this axe is just bizarre. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what it is. They also do um, like a magic area effect that yeah. doesn't map to any other kind of magic attack yeah. we've seen. Exactly. The closest thing I can think of is it looks like what Velstat does when he powers up and he's like yeah. waving his mace around. And you hear this like chiming sound. And there's this weird shockwave. <laughs> I was going to say it makes sense with the bell. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're on loan from the, the Dark Souls 2 yeah. collection. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where like I think that this might be like a cultural thing that we don't get. Yeah. Like, like when, when I start seeing like the same thing repeat over and over in Japanese video games sort of start assuming this is a reference to something that i don't have a reference for mm-hmm. it's similar to the centipede thing yeah with the, with the yeah bottom. yeah and and later on like there's a bunch of stuff with ludwig but we'll talk about that yeah, i guess that, when we get there and just the kind of the omnipresence of bells across the across the series that must have something to do i mean i don't know bells have spiritual significance in a lot yeah. of religions well, but well, uh red grave um the yeah. pelbon hunt guy he actually i think it was like a week ago uploaded an hour-long video that's just him discussing bells <laughs> it's like so much of what we do just to an outsider would come across as mania yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's the it, thing about the soulsborne yeah, game you like link that in the show notes that's really useful they, they give you a, a sense of purpose if, if you yeah. choose to see it so. yeah i'm gonna have to check that out that is that is yeah. possibly the, the the best pro tip about watching a video about bells i've seen <laughs> if you watch mir- one video about bells this yep. year oh man yeah, Miracle one. on 34th Street, you're our out. <laughs> if, you, if you like bells, you will like this video. Um, after you, you fight these guys, do we um, just like mechanically, these things are not the hardest thing to fight in the world. Like you just kind of want to stick behind them. They have some kind of wrinkles. But um, later when they recontextualize it, where you fight the one with the other one covering them with the church cannon, uh, it's much worse, much more difficult. This one, you know, you can, the hunters can soften him up. So he's not that big of a a fight. Um, When we get in to see what he's guarding and uh, you, you know, you head up the cathedral and it has the same kind of uh, uh, peanut headed amygdala statues with the spears that we've seen before, but you're kind of greeted by this really kind of breathtaking sight uh, when you get there which is this uh, this beast that is on fire laying under the altar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you guys all expected him to come up and attack you, right? <laughs> I love yes. the way they subvert that expectation. I expected, yeah. because I fought Vicar Amelia to get here, I thought this was going to be the kickoff. Yeah, yeah. But it just, it just stays there and breathes and doesn't <laughs> attack you. He's <laughs> um, He's a sleepy boy. Yeah, he's, 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 he, well, he's had a rough day. Um, and when he eventually wakes up, he looks like he's got a hangover. Mm. Yeah, the, the kind You're of thing like over that comes from being feeling around like, oh my god, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Drink too many atomic fireballs, like <laughs> egg McMuffin, egg McMuffin. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, but you're 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 coming here to grab the eye pendant from him. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I I like this eye pendant because out of context, this is one of my favorite strings of text in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, talking about two cathedrals, one which uh, lies beyond the river of blood. And another, uh, which contains the private research hall of the church, 
Only chosen members of the healing church and their lamentable patients can enter the research hall using this eye. Um, and it says it grants eyes to the surgical altar, mm. which yeah. just uh, take take those take those words out of context. Definitely. Yeah, it sounds anything that mentions a river of blood. Yeah, and or, I like how or the surgical altar. <laughs> yeah, the surgical altar. The, the river of blood is not like a Chekhov's river of blood. Like we immediately get to see the river of blood fire. Yeah, more yeah. Or less, yeah. which is great. Um, I was surprised by how quickly and how much uh, blood we found. <laughs> how thoroughly it was a river of blood. <laughs> it wasn't just a stream or a crick of blood. Good. The other thing about the um, the the eye pendant giving you grant eyes to the 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 skull on the altar. Mm-hmm. Um, that like when the game first came out and people were sort of piecing together what happened, there was this belief that like the division between um, the healing church and Bergenworth was that the Bergenworth was specifically looking for eyes on the inside, whereas the Healing Church were trying to do stuff with blood. But this shows that the Healing Church were actually attempting to grant eyes on the inside, like from the beginning. Mm-hmm. They just differed in their methodology. Right. Yeah. 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 Th- this, so I mean, it wasn't even... like a blood insight divide. It was actually they just approached the same thing differently. Yeah. Well, there, there's lots of things that it wasn't people who thought that, and, and we said that as well. Like it's not an insane thing to think of, think because yeah, there's definitely. so much text in the main game that suggests mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but there's so many like kind of like secret, like, like, like the Bergenworth room, you know, yeah. in, in Erden, there's so much little crossover thing that, and when you pair that with kind of the, the sin that we, we find out about and kind of getting Bergenworth's hands dirty, that you can come away from this thinking like, there's not, you know, we're not so different you and I, like it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're all bastards. Yeah. Like there, there's no, yeah. uh, nobody's getting away clean. Um, there's not as much difference as you maybe thought. Yeah. Um, in many ways and, and not just this, uh, this eyes versus blood, uh, <laughs> kind of dichotomy. Yeah. The, the, um, the, the, they're all looking for this end goal, which is eyes on the inside, which is just a shorthand, their best assumption or their best, uh, kind of approximation of what this kind of cosmic insight could possibly be what it manifests as. Mm. Yeah. No. Um, it's so cool that you don't fight here and you have to walk out thinking this thing's going <laughs> to jump up after <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, Exactly. The entire time it's like the the approach is one thing and then when you grab it it's like you know you're not done yet like you're not relieved of the tension because at any point it could you could switch into a cutscene as you're running out yeah. i thought i did something yeah. wrong like i went back and i poked it a couple times mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i'm glad you don't fight this here because this, this was the first i think this is the this was the boss i had the hardest time with in the lc yeah and yeah. Uh, i would be really bummed out if i end up having to fight him first mm-hmm. um mm. but we, we will be back um so so you head out and you head to the uh to the right um where there are a couple of other you know big set piece things like uh and and new twists um (laughs) one uh there are turrets now in bloodborne (laughs) yeah Um, yeah these are just uh little objects that are breakable like vases except they are placed uh specifically on this bridge i i can't think of too many places they show up elsewhere um, to There's a couple of... in that like plaza area. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, when I first saw them, and I had no idea what they were, I thought they were cameras. And there's this <laughs> they like, look like it. And there's this and like the ones... set up to a horrible slapstick comedy death <laughs> bit. With our recorded, right? Like, like they're them filming Garnum right Jackass. Barrel, going, I wonder what this is. It looks like a camera. How do I turn it on? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, uh, the ones in the the little plaza um, are up against a fence, and they look to me like. Um, they were ballworking it like they were they were stopping, yeah. you know, they were a defense thing because uh, I never had a, a hunter go over there and shoot me with it. 
I don't know if they can over in the plaza. I think the one that's in the plaza, it's like connected to a pressure plate near that hunter that he has to stand uh, on. Gotcha. Something like that, that that doesn't always come off because he has his own AI and he'll run off fighting beasts. Yeah, he's never, he's never, I've never been shot over there. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I have been shot here because these turrets cover each other. <laughs> yeah, um, this is like, it's like Toho. Yep, yeah. it's a, it is It is a very stationary bullet hell. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, and and you could be forgiven for getting shot here because you are so distracted by the gigantic dead amygdala that's going to come to life as you approach <laughs> yeah. it as well. Yes, that, um, that, is, that, that, that is like calcified like a piece of coral under yeah. the sea. Yeah. Like this mineral corruption has, has taken over this desiccated corpse and subsumed it and made a grim statue of it. Yeah. And that makes you wonder, like, are the amygdala statues in Yahogol actually statues? Did they just hastily or, pose them before they ossified? Or is this like, did they just find a dead amygdala and start worshipping it? Because, <laughs> yeah. like, you don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. given what pops up later, they'll worship it. Taxidermy seems within yeah. the theming of this. this and they, they turn people to stone in Yahogol, so it's not it's not beyond, you know. Mm-hmm. Beyond, yep. beyond possibility. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, beyond this bridge, uh, there's another familiar site. We're kind of dipping in and out of the Cathedral Ward and Central Yarnum here, but there is the Nightmare Dwelling, right? You'll, mm. you'll remember this as, as the building that uh, kind of taught you a little bit what uh, the uh, pungent blood cocktails do by setting up the trap and making you fall for it as the yep, wheel- yep. wheelchair guy uh, shot you. Um, and outside of this, they introduce you to uh, a similar trap. These uh, these these enemies, which use delayed Molotov cocktails, which to me feel like a PvP item. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They're saying you, <laughs> they're if you build so for useless. them, you can. Yeah, they, well, there's they're really weird. Like yeah. they're like there's that they've established that we should have the technology for this, and we're about to see a Gatling gun. So, like <laughs> yeah. you know, we have this technology, but it's a really really strange item to have. You know, sticky bombs. Yeah, yeah. Because there's like really nothing that they do that you can't do with a regular Molotov. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but faster. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to set traps for enemies. Right. In yeah. This game, it's not really a playstyle that's supported. Um, but I wonder if you could really crank up. You know, if you build have a build that emphasizes them, if they scale with arcane the same way Molotovs do, if they are useful in PvP. Yeah. Like you know, you back away yeah. to heal and you throw one of these down to create some space or what have you. Um, like the, the I, rope molotov the rope delayed molotov yeah which mm-hmm. is like if you're being chased by something that can't move yeah <laughs> exactly, exactly. it has no function beyond yeah. that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh but this uh you know the, the, this is another another set piece where you're dealing with enemies who are using this uh specifically as they for, for me they ended up chasing me back up the uh back up the staircase as this other hunter with a with a with an exploding hammer um came after me which we're going to get soon enough yeah you can mm. also look down on the river of blood from here and do some <laughs> some sniping if you have uh molotovs or if you have a uh, if you're built for you know blood tinge or what have you mm-hmm. um and mm. try to clear this out a little bit but i like uh being able to see the river of blood because i like the river yeah. of blood you know just um, uh you, you pay a little bit more for the river of blood view but mm-hmm. it's worth it quality the, of life the river kind of, of blood view apartments yep yeah the um so inside the dwelling, um, the same place where there was the Gatling gun wheelchair guy, um, there is a wheelchair corpse that has one of these Molotovs on it as a trap, which is <laughs> yeah. a nice little touch. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and I died to it the first time. Yep. Yeah. You can get uh, and you can get the, the boom hammer here. I love that name, it. too. That is such a rude name. Boom like, yeah. uh, um, the, it's I, like a high school football star. <laughs> 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 
it's a it's Boomhauer's son if they yeah. reboot King of the Hill. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, no, this is. Uh, um, I, I wish that more of the powder keg stuff was kind of named like this. That took delight yeah. in the in the mayhem that it caused, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this this feels like a like like a like a fire based uh, counterpart to the tonitrus in that it's another weapon that uh, it doesn't have a trick for him. You just charge it up for this uh, this explosive attack. It it's a little different in that you do kind of it adds an area effect to your attacks and it only yeah. happens once. So it's, yeah. right. it reminds me more of the special weapons that you'd get in previous Souls games that have like one special R two attack. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was yeah, kind of an AOE yeah. of some some type. It reminds me more of that. Um, it's the only fire elemental weapon out of the box, yeah. uh, which is useful. And uh, I like big hammers, so I used it for a little bit, but then I got the whirly gig and realized you know hey i like strength weapons this is my my jam (laughs) that was that was one of the frustrating things about this dlc actually there was so much fun there were so many fun toys that Mm -hmm. uh, i ended up sinking some upgrade materials into all of it yeah (laughs) trying to play you know trying to trying to play with it because you can't really do a direct comparison between a plus 10 whatever and a you know plus zero anything else yeah so yeah you can't they're not useful right out of the box right they, you know, the battery is not included. Um, yes, there's a there, there's a door that leads up to a, an enemy that baffled me until I understood some of the stuff you would get later in the DLC. Yeah. Uh, up by Gilbert's house, there is uh, what appears to be a human sized, very nimble um, werewolf beast kind of guy who attacks you with uh, with the beast claws, but uh, has a very different move set than you're used to. Hmm. Yeah. Which uh, I like that uh, that uh, this is previewed here, and he's in, <laughs> yeah. the, he's in the same spot where I don't know how much significance there is to this, but he's in the exact same spot where Beast Gilbert, like when when Beast Gilbert busts yeah. out of his window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people right, was too. like suggesting that that is Gilbert, but it it that isn't. Timeline doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, it's more that um when you kill him, he drops the. The, the auto fire the... hammer badge is it the for the auto workshop? Yeah, he drops yeah. the yeah. It's yeah. The, it's so the... it's like this is a guy who's before like the powder keg's time, right? And he's before yeah. like and whereas Gilbert is apparently just shown up in Yarnum like not that long ago. Yeah, this uh, this yeah. guy just showed up as like the on the least disclosure. Most of my jokes this this week are real estate based. I don't know why that is, so I'll just back <laughs> off of that. <laughs> Yep, I picked a theme. <laughs> Go back and listen to this entire season. I picked a theme. No, no, but, but this guy, if he was crashing there, he was just there before Gilbert was. Yeah. 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 That's like how statistically there's been a murder or a murderer in any house that you have you live in, probably. There's be like going in an old house that somebody's probably died there. Yeah, there's bound to be a ghost in the back of your closet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's probably true. Um, the, uh, 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 so the auto workshop, so there's this precursor of the powder kegs, as we mentioned, and yeah. having this uh, firing uh, hammer badge allows you to get the piercing rifle, um, which is a gun for range attacks rather than counters. So they're introducing <laughs> some between that and the bow. They're introducing ranged ranged play. Yeah, finally, in, uh, in a game where everyone character starts with a gun. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like the I like the Odo Workshop uh, a because the, the the powder kegs are intriguing to me, uh, but mm-hmm. also uh, because they feel like the uh, like like an analog to the uh, to the College of Benheim a little bit, the oh, the, yeah. the sound sorcerers and stuff like that. Like yeah, they're... like a little weird little detailed yeah. thing that fires your imagination without getting tons of direct text. Right. Yeah, and okay. doesn't have very many implications, if any. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's there's some stuff with you know with with old Yarnum and mm-hmm. everything and how they were, but they're not major movers and shakers right 
you know, in, in the main story. They're they're like a faction um, that was involved, but isn't isn't a prime mover. It feels like the, the and, one uh, kind of like law bit you get from that, from my perspective anyway, is that it specifically says that the piercing rifles they designed it to hunt in alleys and to hunt in narrow streets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which suggests that, like, prior to that, there weren't beasts, like, skulking around the alleys, maybe? That they were, like, I don't know. That the, the they were beast, a field there was or they were... Like, like, an urban beast issue at the time. Mm-hmm. They were in the countryside or what have you, like, parts that yeah. we don't see. Uh, and then I don't know if we want to get to it now, but, like, the constable um, uh, set description. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're filthy, decadent foreigners. No, 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 but it says that um, the constables who... It's like really, it's essentially outright said we're led by Volta. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They chased a beast all the way to Yarnum. They're foreigners. Mm-hmm. So is mm-hmm. that like, that's basically saying, okay, there were beasts like way, way outside Yarnum. Yarnum mm-hmm. is not like the, the epicenter of this scourge. They, they, we know they existed in Canehurst. Mm-hmm. And now we find out that they existed in wherever Volta is from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like... That that sort of it gives you a really different impression because if you just play the game like the base one, you get the impression that that the beast thing it's pretty much just confined to Yarnum and it may have happened in the past in Canehurst. But here you get this thing where no, there are beasts all over the shop, mm-hmm. like and it's yeah. all like other cities, maybe other countries that yeah. are being like, chased around. Yeah, and Yarnum just has it worse than other places. Well, the DLC kind of reveals that uh, 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 old ones and their influence is kind of like fire departments. Every town's got one, even if they're just volunteers. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> this is much more common than we think. Yeah, it's interesting to think about how those uh, those separate beast plagues articulated, or what the the causes were, or what the details of that. But again, that's those suggestions again reminded me of Vinheim, like mm-hmm. this idea of just things outside of the game world that aren't directly touched upon. You know what I'm thinking? Yeah. Sequel no. hook. Oh sure, you heard it here first. Constable folks. Adventures, yeah. <laughs> Bloodborne Two: Revenge of the Constable. Bloodborne Two: Constabulary. Yeah, const- <laughs> we're gonna die. Um, so let's uh, let's head into this river of blood. When are they gonna get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> let's put on these waiters and let's yep. go, let, let's go down there with the blood liquors. Um, so the uh, I'll give you give you two clues as to what the river of blood is. Um, first clue: river. Uh, second clue: blood. <laughs> second clue bring uh like a, like a tide stick something yeah. to something for some spot stains yeah it is uh it's it's lots of blood um yeah. but it is a river of blood that's outside of this this house uh with these strangely passive blood lickers yeah mm. well <laughs> they don't have to come after you they don't have to yeah, come after a source eating. of blood that fights yeah yeah <laughs> they have all they could ever want you know it's and... all you can eat night at the sizzler like these these guys are at the at the the old country buffet yep. and you're trying to deliver them a pizza yeah they're, right? king, they're 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 king shit of blood mountain like yeah <laughs> yeah no they're <laughs> they're down here and they'll really like uh m- most of them they, they seem programmed to just kind of passively fire some blood at you because they have a surplus i yeah. think yeah. <laughs> and and do, do the ones in canehurst and the chalices ever fire that blood because i've never seen them do it i think it they, seems to just uh, be the, do they i seem to recall that they do oh okay yeah yeah the uh, they're probably just less likely to do it because they're. It yeah. probably has to do with how far away you are, and yeah. these guys have like really short leashes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Whereas the the leashes on the ones in Kanehurst are are none. Like they'll just chase you the entire you know up until yeah. the building, and they won't, or up to the the foyer. Um. The um yeah so these these gangs you can just run through the past these guys. Yeah. yeah. Um. However, you want to clear them out 
uh, <laughs> because you're going to get into a really tough encounter and you want to have, you don't want to get hit from behind with blood and get sunlocked <laughs> um, as you go into the blood cave. Yeah. So you can go downstream um, and mm-hmm. there is a, uh, the, the, there is a nightmare cave uh, that is guarded by a Gatling gun hunter, which can stun lock you, you know, forever until you die. And yeah. turns out uh, there's probably some uh, n- uh, nasty stuff, not as nasty, but uh, uh, compliments the nastiness right behind him. Mm. It's like a miniature version of old Yarnum in a cave. Because <laughs> yeah. you start out with the guy Gatling gunning you, and then you run through and there's little beast patients, and then at the end there's a blood-starved beast. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that. It's a libretto for old Yarnum, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the um, digest version, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this Gatling gun hunter took me a lot of tries um, I had a hard time with this guy um, because he's very cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he knows he has the upper hand and will just back away and shoot at you, you know, and that just, uh, just whittled me down a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has nothing to gain by exposing himself. Yeah. He's a very defensible What's position. What's his AI though, he's very easy to exploit mm. because you, he will, uh, he will yeah. lose you if you like run around the rock in the middle of the room and then mm. he just goes back to being passive again. Oh. Yeah. And then when he's passive, you can just sneak up charge out to visceral lose him again and just do that like half a dozen times and you can kill him like right after you've done amelia and grab the gatling gun no i didn't uh uh, go into the cave like i kept him near the mouth of the cave because i was too scared of what was going to be in the cave yeah uh, the first time so i couldn't uh, go around a rock or anything like that i would just back out but when you back out he just has kind of a straight shot at you and get a couple uh pot shots so i didn't go in there um after you beat him i found him a lot easier to backstab than other hunter fights, actually, mm. because just just because he remained nonviolent uh, up until I was like right on top of him, and then it was too late. Mm. Yeah. The uh, after you kill him, you get the Gatling gun, uh, which is uh, if you build for it, if you have good blood tinge, uh, will stunlock enemies Anything. to death. <laughs> yeah, um, we were talking yeah, about this like before the recording, but the only thing that stops you being able to stunlock the bloody crow to death with the Gatling gun <laughs> is that his health won't quite run out. <laughs> like you just lock on and hold L2 and it, he dies. And like yeah. the, the keeper of the old Lords, like you can just walk into that room and hold L2 and just close your eyes for 10 seconds. Oh, wow. And then they're dies. dead. Yeah. It's a point and click operation. Huh? Yeah. It's, actually, it, it seems like the AI is designed to like dodge the first projectile that you aim at it and not <laughs> worry about others. But none of the because it's used yeah. to you firing like single things like Molotovs. But that's just a spray that it doesn't adjust for. Right. Huh. That makes sense. Oh. Yeah. Um, but if yeah, you, you, if you if you deal with this guy, you can go deeper into the cave. And as we mentioned, there's uh there, there's a blood starved beast back there, which uh I totally didn't recognize out of the context. <laughs> Hmm. of his boss arena <laughs> like i just thought this was a new and crazy thing that flopped around a lot before i went and did some research and saw like oh yeah that's totally a blood starved beast yeah the, i i definitely recognize him as a blood starved beast but i didn't engage him the first time through the dlc because uh i had you know my first run through with blood starved beast i had a hard time with and mm-hmm. is expecting you know the entire gamut of blood starved beastness but this mm-hmm. one doesn't do the poison stuff he doesn't do any of that he's kind of like a a pupper version that just yeah. like doesn't have blood made out of poison. He's he's, so he, he's a blood peckish beast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, he's a blood. I could eat uh, beast. The um, and he's not really like. And if you go further back in, you get this uh, the amygdalan arm, mm-hmm. um, which is what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> which is really cool. Like it's a big strength, big fuck off club weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, that when it's in a transport transform state has like a tentacle at the end that does multi hits. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it's actually like I used it for a little while and it's pretty good. Like I, I <laughs> you know, did decent damage with it and and got lots of hits without using tons of uh, stamina. Yeah. Um, mm. you know. Yeah, it is. A, it is a unique move set. And mm-hmm. uh, I relish the idea um, of going and killing Amygdala with one of his own arms one day. <laughs> yeah. Or peeling an arm off of one and being like, this is mine now. <laughs> like, if you want this back, you're going to have to take it from me. <laughs> and it's um, on a hunter corpse. Which yeah. is like, yep. <laughs> this isn't like an improvised thing that we've come up with. Like, there was a guy in this cave who was trying doing to that. kill the Bloodstarved Beast with a seven Amygdala arm. <laughs> I love um, the, 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 the description says that madmen wield them like clubs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is like it. Does, I mean, I guess that does say something about the proliferation of amygdalas, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Like in in this in this time period or in this uh, era, because the idea is that you know in the hunter's nightmare they they have this whole thing about how hunters used to be ten a penny, mm-hmm. and and yeah. you get the sense that they used to be much more common. So if this is a weapon that people use, what does that say about how many amygdalas there are around that <laughs> we can it, actually... Doesn't it specify that it's from like a young amygdala that's not fully grown? That's why we're able to wield it? I think I think something that... Uh, in fact, let me look at yeah, it. Let's yeah. see here. Strictly, strictly speaking, uh, so sorry, the, the arm of a small amygdala grade one. Yeah. Yeah. So small doesn't imply young but you know yeah. but at it's, least not the ones that we're used to yeah it's it's yeah. still it's still a trophy i mean like the ones that we're used to they have arms that would you know stretch halfway across a football field yeah, yeah. You know, and they, they use their own arms as clubs as well they rip right. them off yeah, yeah right yeah yeah ten a penny so maybe yeah, it, maybe it, like a hunter saw an amygdala do that and thought <laughs> ah, ah yeah see yeah, <laughs> yeah we have inspiration to find a place to cut off these things arms so we can mass produce these bad boys <laughs> um, gotta rush these to market if you uh if you head upstream um, you know, there are some more, uh, uh, blood suckers or, uh, blood lickers. and, uh, you get to this bridge, you can walk up to with some hunters and that leads us to a shortcut, which is kind of <laughs> merciful. And, uh, the first NPC we're going to run into here. Yes. This is Simon the Harrowed. Yeah. And yep. Simon's interesting. We're going to, we're going to learn more about his story as the DLC goes. Um, but he is, uh, and we don't even know his name at this point, right? right? Like we know yeah. he's Simon because of later. Um, until then he's just kind of a mysterious tattered Amalian, you know, uh, just kind of, uh, hanging out and he knows you don't belong here, but he says something like, um, he kind of taunts you a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's, as we later kind of find out, like he wants you, I think he wants you to complete this quest. Like he wants mm-hmm. you to uncover the secret. Yeah. It um, seems kind of like, like Solaire where he's going on the same quest as you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and he's trying to like he's kind of goading you along because he wants other people to help, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because well, like he says he's at the start, um, he says we're more alike than you think. I think meaning everyone else in the nightmare is completely blood drunk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get the sense that you're the uh, you're you're the Bernstein to his Woodward <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. Because <laughs> really, um, he's, he's Simon the Harrowed in the credits, but in the the future press guide, he's Simon the Seeker of Secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like he's yeah. he's very specifically come here to find this. Although weirdly, he seems to already know what the secret is. <laughs> well, that's when I said he was like he wanted you to do it. Yeah. And he was kind of taunting you a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he he tells talks about the secret the way you talk to a little kid when you want the little <laughs> kid to ask about it, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Like like it's like reverse psychology almost. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he he's yeah. he's acting as a guide because yeah. he knows that if he goes you in the right direction. You, you will possibly multiply his force as you go yeah. along. He does, um, like, again, one of those things that becomes apparent later on. When we find him at the very, very end of his quest line, he does beg you to continue, like, in his stead. Yeah. 
to bring an end to the nightmare. Yeah. And yeah. so he, he's kind of one of two NPCs that play a major role. The other one trying to be an impediment. And mm-hmm. we will run into him yeah. uh, for the first time next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, the, the important thing is that he says something like, you know, you're curious about nightmares, aren't you? Are you uh, and uh, if you say yes, you can continue his his quest line. Right. Uh, here. Yeah. And he says, you know, it's as if the spirit of Bergenworth lives on within you. Um, and yep. then talks about uh, kind of gives you the the Yarnum version of curiosity killed the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And he's like um, he's before our time as well. If you look at the bow blade description, yeah. mm-hmm. it says that's fashioned by the church workshop. But like yeah. in the current kind of state of Yarnum, I think German explicitly says like the church have forgotten the hunters. Mm-hmm. So that places Simon like after the time of the old hunters, but before our time. Right. It's not quite clear when. Yeah. I'm looking so this forward isn't, to... this isn't a, like a hunter who's contemporaneous with us, like on the same hunt as us. Right. It's someone who predates us by like, we don't know, like maybe a couple of years or something. I love the idea. Maybe. So he probably um, uh, postdates uh, uh, Ludwig a little bit, actually. Yeah. Or it's implied that he knows uh, Ludwig. Um, well, Ludwig's the first church hunter. Yeah. And Simon's. He's a church hunter, mm-hmm. so he would, like, by definition, have to be yeah. post-Ludwig. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I'm looking forward to killing him for his bow. Next time <laughs> Which you can do right now, like, yeah. if, you, yeah. if you want to. But, uh, but otherwise, this opens yeah. up a, a, a very uh, a worthwhile uh, shortcut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, after you check in with Simon and uh, save at your lamp, you can go further upstream here. And one of the best details about this that I didn't notice until right now, although you could probably uh, notice it earlier, is that uh, these bodies that you're seeing kind of uh, speckled within <laughs> within this river um, are subtly moving. They're reaching mm. up. They are uh, kind of uh, striving to grasp the light. Yeah. Like, I, I talked about this in my first um, video on the DLC, but the whole River of Blood thing, it's it's like a, a sort of motif you get in the, the Buddhist underworld. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do have a River of Blood with corpses drowning in it. Yeah. So, like, it, this area, it's kind of like if you play, like, Doom. That's made mm-hmm. by guys who come from, like, they're out of a, a Judeo-Christian like culture so they their version of hell is okay we've got a lake of fire we've got guys with goat legs we've got pentagrams mm-hmm. everywhere this is like it's sort of similar it's like a mashup of like um asian underworld tropes mm-hmm. so like this the the river of it, there's a bunch of buddhism there's so many different buddhist sects and they've yeah. all sects not sex and they've all got different um like variations on what like kind of underworld is and then the um how many underworlds there are and there's somewhere it's like there's 134, and some it's 18, and some it's um, 72,000. I think one of them. Yeah. But one of the, the one of the ones you see recurring is uh, it's a river or a pool of blood that sinners are made to drown in. Mm-hmm. And that's also I think where the crows come from because in some of those descriptions you get you're in a, a pool of blood and you're drowning, and as you reach up, there are crows that are pecking at you when you put your hand above the river. Hmm. So that seems to be the origin of the crows here. Yeah. Is, and, um, is this yeah. for people who fall who fall outside, who fall below the the the, the cycle of reincarnation? Um, well, there's different. Like, it's a motif that you see across different kinds of hell. And, like, there's a very specifically gendered one mm-hmm. that is about. Um, it's a river of blood that that women are like all required to be drowned in because 
the act of childbirth and the act of menstruation spills blood on the ground and that pollutes it. So hmm. it's like that concept of like, um, like sort of w- women carry the sin around. So like women right. are innately polluting things through the act of childbirth and the through menstruation. Yeah. Weird, weird yeah, how that's so universal. Huh. Yeah, so they have to be thrown in the river to like atone for that. But then you, there are non-gendered ones where it's just like it's not a nice place to be. Yeah, it's uh, it, it makes sense uh, if 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 that does kind of follow the model that they would choose this the, the the this underworld for people who couldn't be kind of recycled because that is the role that this serves in the hunter's cosmos, right? Like if you are hmm. in the dream, then you will, or if you are a hunter who dreams, you will constantly be brought back to continue the hunt, right? Whereas this is kind of the fail state, right? This is what well, happens when what, you glitch what through the world. That's what I think the blood lickers might be. Because oh, yeah? there's hmm. a, a creature called the hungry ghost, which if you know about like Chinese uh, Buddhism stuff, you might have heard of. Uh, so the um, the uh, guy, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that's the thing that you're reincarnated as if the cycle kind of messes up. And they look in terms of their design very, very, very much like blood lickers do. Hmm. Hmm. The idea is the hungry ghost is like you're cursed with eternal hunger, but you have to eat things that are like taboo substances. So you have to eat blood and you have to eat excrement and things like that. And they're, they're like an emaciated corpse with this enormous yeah. distended stomach so and a huge tongue. A cosmic case of pica. Yeah, that's the impression I get from the blood lickers, that that's where they've come from. Mm-hmm. Um, design-wise, if not necessarily story-wise, that these mm-hmm. things are like the idea of the of the the, the sort of the, the emaciated yet bloated thing that's yeah. having to drink this corrupted blood. It's it's this yeah. thing that uh that 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 craves something that gives them no sustenance. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The um the ones that are on the ground here, the little the blood corpses, not only do they writhe, um and sometimes they'll writhe especially a little later in very obvious ways and kind of almost get you know get to setting up. <laughs> um if you attack the ground here it also makes the blood noise. <laughs> like uh, your weapon will go through it rather than clang off of it and make uh, the attack noise Ugh. here. So it is, you're definitely walking on, on flesh. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's funny because we know the source of these bodies. We, we know the, what this is, you know, what mill this is the hmm. grist of, right? Yeah. It's like the whole DLC in microcosm where you see this thing, you don't quite understand it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. to the end, we see the source of it. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and the kind of the hint as the, the, one of the hints of the source of that is going to come up Yeah. pretty soon. Um, <laughs> you know, as, as you move through and, and you get, uh, you know, the, the bodies are reaching for you and stuff, um, you get past this first little area and you get to this valley, uh, another blood valley, um, <laughs> where there are these nightmare executioners, one with the church cannon, um, which we talked about a little bit. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's a little, a little chapel to the right. Yeah. Um, but you really want to head downward and continue down to the corpse ravine and uh, and nightmare church. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, there's a, there's a wonderful encounter here where you're walking along and uh, you see a, a shadow, a silhouette of a hunter, uh, very distinct. Um, you know, you've seen them all throughout here cast along the opposite side of this wall across these uh, sewer rafters, right? Again, this is, this is the uh, c- kind of akin to the sewer section of, of central Yardum. Um, and as you kind of approach this and grab an item that's right there, Oh shit, you see the shadow move. This is a guy who's mm. been waiting for you um, mm. to, to jump down. That is a, that is a wonderful little uh, horror game scare. Yeah. A little ambush. Yeah. Um, most importantly here, um, 
there's uh, well, there's two things: the mechanical importance thing, and then the uh, cool door thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're going down <laughs> this little ravine, um, a uh, pale body in a shell drops down in front of you um, and dies. Uh, in a way that's like so. If you're like looking away for a second, you can miss this. Like it's I so quick. I actually missed it the first time, and yeah. I had no idea yeah. where it come from. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, but this yeah. falls out of the sky. But it makes a sound, and it definitely yeah. happened. Yeah. Like yes, I yeah, thought I, it exactly. had tunneled up from underground and was massively confused until later <laughs> on. That's that's a terrifying idea. Uh, too. Wor- like, worms after the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we're gonna find out where this guy came from, or where this lady came from pretty soon there's some weird kind of glitch trickery you can do you can actually bring it back to life using um the the madaris's whistle hmm. um item which i think is a glitch i don't think that's necessarily lore it looks like the hitbox is like underground and you can trigger it with that attack that's what i think it is yeah. yeah 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 um but as of now it, it is you know non-active you can't kill it you can't do anything to it <laughs> I, I so wish that it had a key on it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just to be like the beginning of Dark Souls. Yeah. 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 Drop it like snail souls, like this this different uh different kind. The um yeah. the other thing you can get is at the mouth of this ravine, you can get the Whirligig, um, which is kind of like the melee equivalent of the Gatling gun as far as stunlocking things. Like yeah, you can't stunlock things to death, but if you have a good build, like you can do serious business with this thing. Yeah, and <laughs> um, they, they've already had to patch it because it was so overpowered. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think my amazing. favorite thing about about the Whirly Gig saw is that when we first saw it in the trailer, everyone was like, "LOL, it's a pizza cutter." And then we found out that Volter actually did use this to hack up a beast and eat it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually a culinary implement. Yeah, no, this is what he used to turn them into mincemeat. <laughs> yeah, P- pizza beast. The um, yeah, th- this thing, this thing owns. It has that uh, the the Odo Workshop, uh, you know, uh, kind of thing of naming things in a goofy way. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when I first saw that it was called the Whirligig, I was just like, never in my wildest dreams did I think that would be this this good, like this dumb and awesome of a name for something. Um, like it, it just sounds like a like a 1920s inventor describing a helicopter. <laughs> yep. You well, know? Specifically, um, that's what it's like. What it evokes to me is this uh, is is this science beyond its time kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, like by taking a Whirligig to Prussia, you can, you know. <laughs> catch the the turkish consulate before you know the ottomans like it's 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 a very like of a place or Mm -hmm. of a time yeah Yeah. um yeah but this uh but this is great in its uh in its one-handed form it's a club that Mm -hmm. uh it's 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 fine enough but when you're pretty good actually like it's pretty fast and 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 everything it's a quick attack so Mm -hmm. but when you when you two-hand it uh it, it looks like a gigantic pizza cutter uh, but it's a it's a saw blade and it's automated and you do these big attacks and they spin and you can hold it and it stun locks because it spins uh it spins into whatever its blades find purchase into or whatever its teeth find purchase into. Mm-hmm. Uh, recontextualizing spin to win, which is just a, a Dark Souls meme that like works in every Dark Souls or Bloodborne game. There's something where it's like I have spin seen to win. someone kill Rom in like I think it was eight seconds. God. Yeah, just using that spin, just aiming at Rom and going. <laughs> it's the trade-off you have to make to want to deal with that noise the entire time you're playing. Yeah, um, having it in that form, like when I put it away, that's why like, I can't listen to it anymore. Yeah um it's great though it's really really good if i find my second uh, uh you know this is where my second blood rock is going if, uh, <laughs> if i play any more bloodborne because i like this weapon quite we can a bit. just buy it now yeah, that's true yeah they patched that in since yeah. the last time i yeah. since i played the dlc mm-hmm. so thank goodness like they're doing a lot of like those are good fixes mm-hmm. like yeah 
you're going to introduce like that was one of the things about doing this the DLC as late as I did was you know I didn't have the resources to spend to make this stuff viable and I'd gone through all of the main yeah. game more or less yeah because so. yeah. you were kind of limited to like picking one or two weapons and sticking with them because it was such a pain to farm for stuff mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. and part of that it it goes in line with um I was talking to Vivian about this and I think that this was her point is that it's in line with the idea that you're supposed to form a relationship with one weapon and get to know it yeah. really well since yeah. the move sets are so disparate yeah um which I like but also I want to play with, like I don't I don't know that I'm going to like a move set until I played with the toy you know yeah and that's so like, I want to be able to play with why I really liked the the gem system. I mean, there was a lot of grinding involved, but it meant that you got a good gem set. You could just shove that in whatever weapon you wanted. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't like the previous Souls games where like you upgrade something down plus ten lightning, and then it's like I wonder if it would work if it was fire, and then you got to go get another one, upgrade <laughs> yeah. that to plus ten fire, and then that's yeah. It's it's I, the the final it's the materia system versus the final fantasy yeah, exactly. system. It's the yeah. it's the materia system. I, yeah. I, I never started uh, appreciating the gem system until we did the chalice dungeon stuff. Yeah, and recognizing how how that made weapon traits portable was uh, yeah. it, it definitely clicked for me at that point. Like so I, the chalice dungeons did have a positive thing. It's, <laughs> told, it's like it, I, I I dig that as an idea, but it's so unnecessary in PVE. Yeah, <laughs> like it still ends up being like you know if you just go with gems out of the box, you're still fine. <laughs> it's also like it made me really wish that there was a respec. Like oh, yeah. I really like the yeah, the um I can't remember the name of the item right now in Dark Souls 2 that allowed you to do that because yep. Yeah, like why not? Like just let me <laughs> like I haven't yeah. done a dex build, but I want to fuck around with a bow. Why do I have to play the entire game again? Yeah. You know, it's it's a little bit frustrating. Like they really doubled down to that. You should just have a relationship with your weapon, but that's hard when, you know, weapons are introduced so late in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and th- th- that's that's one of the funny things like this is, you know, it's it, it, prior to the release of this DLC, there was kind of some some uh, rumblings about, hey, this will make arcane builds viable. But it still feels like relatively late game content aside from those suicide yeah. run acquisitions. That's um, what I, I was basically doing suicide run stuff. Right. Getting like, to I, the, I, my the... current character is a 99 arcane build. Mm-hmm. I, I was mm-hmm. like desperate to grab the black sky eye. Yeah. Which is an arcane spell you get later on. So, like, I, 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 I ugh. Finding getting, getting that at a level, level like 30 is not fun. Right. No, that would be really, really difficult. <laughs> you you yeah. have to, like, just rely on Volta getting lucky. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what I was playing through at this time before I remembered, oh, yes, I can buy as many blood rocks as I want as long as I have the insight. I was playing it on New Game Plus, you know, gritting my teeth and kind of burying it. This isn't as hard on New Game Plus as I expected it to be. Yeah, and I almost wonder if 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 this is, you know, if, if if there's an angle to this which is like, yeah, you you know, you can get stuff here, and then this can recontextualize yeah. either later runs or you know, you can experience this the first time on New Game Plus. Like, See, I haven't done it on New Game Plus yet, hmm. but like I I felt like when I got there, I compared the difficulty of the areas. It feels like it's depth three, depth four, depth five chalices mm-hmm. when you play it mm-hmm. on New Game, and I felt like. If this scales, it's going to be impossible. Yeah, but it seems like it's not scaling as much. No. Yeah, I yeah. can't. I can't speak I to the like actual it, numbers. It but... shouldn't have scaled. Maybe it should have been like a chalice thing. Hmm. I don't That's know. That's interesting. Though. That's an interesting idea. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know exactly how how it would have would have made sense. Like, I like that it's. I like it's challenging. I like the way in which it's challenging. Um, hmm. compared to, to some parts of the game. Like I, I feel like this is the best content in the game in, in many ways. And, and yeah, it's the most fun I, most fun I had, you know, as far as being challenged, uh, by the, by the bosses, uh, specifically the, the two dual ones, which I think are you know, the best boss fights in the game. Um, 
but the uh, it does make that um, the decision to load so much new equipment mm-hmm. into the game kind yeah. of weird. It, it's complicated. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more complicated, complicated than you would than you would want it to be. Yeah, because um, I do. I want to do a bow run. Um, it's just that <laughs> yeah. do I feel do I want to put up with just with doing it? And luckily, you can get that pretty early. Yeah, but just come here and kill you Simon. Want, yeah, you want to do a, like a, a, a if you want to do like a, a broccoli head run, mm, yeah. you know, or yeah. you want to do a beast mode run. Like that's a much higher bar to yeah. clear. Um, to do most of the game as a werewolf. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah. So we're so we're head up to the uh, to this uh, the second kind of cathedral here. Um, where at the source of the river and there is a a gate here with bloody Carl, like pounding against it. Um, I, I love this guy. Like the second I saw this, I was, I, I was, I was on board for the DLC, but the second I saw this, I knew that tonally this was right up my alley. This mm-hmm. guy pounding against the bars, even though he was, he's planted firmly in this river of blood just because he's trapped up against it. Yeah. Not that I'm some yeah. kind of fucking sadist who revels in the suffering of others. I just, I just love the, 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 the creepy Jacob's ladder side of that imagery. It's yeah. really it's 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 goofy in a way that I think works, and it's right next. And this is I feel like going to be controversial even on the podcast. Like in a way that I think that the next big goofy horror thing that happens I think doesn't work. <laughs> like I don't love it. Um, this I think works really well. Like I mm-hmm. like this kind of pathetic little blood golem um, <laughs> yeah. doing this and doing kind of pathetically scraping against the bars. Uh, but when we we head into this church, um, and you know, there's another eye collector here, which I don't I don't really know why. That's yeah, just yeah, I don't um, it either. Fuck why, you. why he's here. <laughs> if Fuck he you, that's the why. little the little pounding blood guy, um, his spine has like little spikes running down it. So yeah. it looks like he was maybe like kind of transforming into a beast patient and they sort of put him down before it finished. Oh, yeah. hmm. That's, that's <laughs> kind of the impression I get from a lot of the bodies here, that they're like these are the people that were about to transform, so they're just sort of thrown to Ludwig, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely could yeah, be. I don't know though. Um, it's their determination that is keeping them. Yeah. yeah. And 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 as you head up into into the church, as we as we mentioned, as you head toward uh, the boss here, <laughs> in, uh, in the corpse pile, in the yeah the corpse church <laughs> of corpse piles, mm-hmm. um, to Ludwig the Accursed. Yeah. Um, which like, as I said, like this doesn't, they revealed this guy in the trailer mm-hmm. and I was just like, I was a little bummed out and I was like, oh, it's like a, another just like big beast fight. And I think the fight is, is better than I expected it to be, but his human horse face doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't want to be, I'm not trying to be down. I know a lot of people who would love it. Um, <laughs> I think it's, it's on the side of goofy that doesn't seem cool to me anymore. <laughs> his, his mouth with, with eyeballs for teeth on board. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> The, the sword, Ludwig's all the business design. of the sword, love it. Yeah. <laughs> but his weird, Ludwig's like, why just... the long face? Like, <laughs> like, uh. Ludwig's design, it's another one of those, like, Asian hell kind of mashup things, I think, because one of the the common sort of um, demon motifs you see in depictions of Buddhist hell is that there's there's two demons called Ox Head and Horse Face, <laughs> and they, they're like the guardians of hell, and they're sometimes depicted like torturing sinners there. So it seems like 
Ludwig is inspired by Horseface. Mm. In the sense of being like a horse monster that tortures you in the afterlife. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like just horses are funny to me. Um, <laughs> it's it's it, go, it's yeah. goof, it's goofiness worked for me um, specifically yeah. because of the uh, you know they, they they set him up as this as the as this awful thing which is uh, kind of running rampant over these pathetic corpse creatures which are in fact not corpses but still alive this you know mm. the, the this this terrible thing. Um, you know, is begging you for mercy, saying that there's this unsightly beast who is preying on them. Protect them. It is, you know, Lud- uh, Ludwig the Accursed. And um, and then down he comes. So he's already set up as kind of this the, 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 this devourer of bodies, almost. Mm. But the thing is, he's not actually devouring them. He's just right. sort of, he's like trampling them like a horse does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just sort of bucks around. And like he's, he's, his human side is completely sort of subsumed to the beast side. Yeah. He doesn't become like he doesn't snap back into being Ludwig's consciousness until halfway through the fight. Yeah. Prior to that, it's just like he's a pile of corpses and he's trampling them, and it's almost like the blood isn't even really blood. It's like he's just trampled the bodies until they're a paste and it's just leaked out. Right. Yeah. It's oh god, and there's <laughs> there's, there's two mold everywhere there as well. It's growing out of the body. Yeah. 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 He so. Yeah, it... Wait, how do how to describe the rest of this guy? Other so there's a giant. <laughs> Giant mouth with with eyeballs for teeth, um, that's mm-hmm. kind of growing out of his his shoulder or kind of his side uh, there, and then yeah. his face, which is a horse. It's a you mentioned this in, in your video, Richard, but it does kind of recall the the horse demon from Berserk a little bit, yeah, as well. Well, yeah, I think the horse demon from Berserk is itself inspired by the um, yeah the, the horse, horse face. face. Like, it's like I was talking about before. If, once you sort of tune yourself into oh, a horse is torturing you in the afterlife is a thing in Asian hell. Mm-hmm. You start noticing that horse-faced humans torturing you shows up constantly in like video games, like they're in Legend of Zelda and they're in other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a cultural touchstone that we don't necessarily have. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's what interests me about this stuff. When we say horse face, it's mostly kind of the the, the 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 long shape of it, and it's shifted down to his shoulder, like G. Birkin or something like that. But it, but it, but its eyes, uh, they're, they're they're offset and kind of stretched. His features, you know, from 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 the nose up, are kind of are kind of warped, but they're still recognizably human. Yeah, maybe what I'm picking up on, as far as it being goofy, is that they're recognizably human in a way that makes him look a little bit like a like he comes from a different art style. Okay. Like it's a yeah. drawing of a human yeah. face that the rest of the game doesn't that's not how humans look. Right. But it's almost like the same way that humans are slightly deformed and like dishonored or bioshock. Yeah. It's with uh, these exaggerated it's, features, like it's, a caricature. It's yeah. panel, panel three and like a like a transformation fetish comic. Like <laughs> Yeah. My dissertation's on what transformation is, fetish comics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's just um, wanted to do a podcast about that, I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's not what I mean. I don't mean that it's like partway transformed. I mean that mm-hmm. it's like yeah. it looks like a like a drawing from like like an Al Hirschfeld drawing or something like that. Yeah, it looks yeah. like it's from a different oh, art style. Um, we didn't talk about Beasthood creeping up the right leg. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Because yeah. one of the hunter sets that we find here, it says there was an old superstition that Beasthood crept up the right leg. No, mm-hmm. and Ludwig, it's the right half of him that's beast-like. Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, wow. And then I went back to Central Yarnum and realized that with the, the cleric beast and the people there, it's actually the left side. Hmm. So I have no idea if this, this myth has any basis in, in the reality of what happened. Or well, it's, it's, it's right the, as you look at them. It's, yeah, it's just <laughs> asymmetry. I don't know. What if, and like, what if Lud- Ludwig's the origin of that? Like, they, you know, there wasn't, yeah. it's a superstition. It's not anything, but they saw what happened to Ludwig. Yeah. And, and that's Germans, why they Germans missing his right leg as well, which mm-hmm. like 
Oh, There's been yeah. a lot of it. Uh, it's yeah. it, it's stage right leg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, this, uh, yeah, just the, the, this guy, it's, it's hard to get a silhouette on him and it's hard to understand yeah. because like he, you know, he, he's, he's not quadrupedal like a, like a, uh, uh, most of the beast fights are he's, you know, he leans into the horse side of this by yeah. having kind of, kind of a different, uh, a different it's, it's profile. It's kind of like the fly. It's like Ludwig and a horse got in a teleporter and got scrambled. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. If you want to like go back to Lovecraft, because he sort of obviously is a touchstone for this stuff. There's a Lovecraft story called the Dunwich Horror in yep. which oh, the yeah. monster in that is described kind of briefly. Um, and it is described as basically just this mass of like legs and mouths and eyes that's dragging itself around. And I kind of thought maybe that might have been an influence on the way Ludwig was designed. Yeah, I can see it. For sure, yeah. even like you know, and and it's so brief that you get to see the dinosaur, but like, yeah. and there's yeah, there's a, see it. a demon called um, Boer. I think it's B U E R that you see in in like old grimoires and things, which is it, that's just a head with a bunch of hoofed legs, kind of mm. dragging itself around again. So, Ludwig seems like a collision of all kinds of different imagery. Mm. Yeah, the um, I this is this is a really hard fight. Yes. I yeah, like it's... this fight an awful lot, actually, um, just because it feels like a response to what I thought and what I supposed and how I felt about beast fights throughout the entirety of the main game of Bloodborne, mm -hmm. um, because the, the opening kind of feels like a regular beast fight, right? Very aggressive. Yeah. It's very much, hey, get into its uh, get into its blind spot where it can't really get to you, you know, outside of these kind of reaching behind attacks and do do a bunch of damage to them. Um, and then he has this the, 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 this turn kind of halfway through. Is there anything really notable about us for the, the, the first phase of this fight that we want to touch on? That head, the separate like leech head, because mm -hmm. that's only active in the first phase. Yeah. Because, like, it, for anyone who hasn't, like, seen it, Ludwig's got... He has two heads sprouting from his neck, and then the one of them that we've talked about is the horse face. The other one is... It's just, like, a mouth, and inside of it, there are these weird, like... They could be eyes. They also could... Like, if you... I mean, don't Google this if you're squeamish, but if you look at, like, parasite infections in people's mouths where parasites yeah. will lay eggs, it kind of looks like that as well. Yeah, it's got this uh, yeah, like that, kind of polyp yeah. uh, radial... Yeah, uh, polyp. Yeah. Yeah, and that that head will that is sort of dominant in this fight and it has like a vomit attack where it sprays this like jet of I have no idea what it is out of its mouth. And mm. then once you go into the second phase that head like is is not relevant anymore. It's mm. it doesn't play any further part. So it's almost like like the fight is divided in two because you've got the first half which is the beast Ludwig and then when you get him into half health not only does his attack pattern changed, but he gets a cut scene and he starts <laughs> behaving differently. And his, his name on above the health bar also changes. I love that. So, yeah. So it's almost like Ludwig, the accursed is, is the leech head and Ludwig, the Holy blade is the human horse head. And He's got this duality. You've like, yeah. yeah. You've woken up. Like you've killed the beast. Now Ludwig is awake. Yeah. 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 I, I like the second half of the fight. I think the first half of the fight has a lot of bullshit to it. That Definitely. For reasons that I, you know, I've talked about all season, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. and the second half is significantly better. Um, and I love the turn. I wish I didn't have to wait through the the first half to get to this like fight. I actually really like, and yeah. it, it's all silhouette reading and, and, and stuff that is hard when, when someone's attacking with claws and their face and their neck and, and stuff. Particularly as to his weapon. drop attack. 
Yeah. Because if you're not on a high enough level or you just haven't leveled vitality enough, that will one shot you if yeah. you get yep. and it's it's they they add in a thing where like you can kind of see where he's going because blood drips from the ceiling. Mm. But he's such a massive target that yeah. like he'll just collapse. It's not it's actually worse than the the amygdala jump attack, because there at least it's just the feet that'll mm-hmm. get yeah. you. Whereas yeah. with Lord Fig, it's the whole like pile that gets you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I ended up. This is um, one of the two boss fights in the DLC I didn't solo. Like I ended up summoning help for this, yeah. um, where I would get to the second phase, but I just had drained, you know, was drained of resources by the time I got to the part that like I felt like I could read. Um, we should talk about that cutscene though because it's awesome. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. it's it's like for me it's the redeeming factor of this boss fight, which I don't in general like that much, but this yeah. made me like it. Um, yeah. because when you first inter- when he's first introduced, he has a sword on his back, um, but it's not mm-hmm. emphasized and it's not emphasized visually either. Like the camera angle, it's, it's kind of glossed over. Um, but partway through, he does this thing where he says like, oh, of course you were there. You were there with me all along. Um, and yeah. looks to his sword. My true uh, which, mentor, my guiding moonlight. Yes. Yeah. And cause this is the moonlight great sword. Um, <laughs> yep. it is. Which, um, uh, uh, man, when was the last time in a front game this was used against you? Probably like an armored core yeah. game or something like that. Because <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I think I think you get it in Kingsfield, the last Kingsfield, yeah. where we and, played and, and then and Kingsfield 2, use it against them boss as well. Right, right. I think maybe Kingsfield 1, but I cannot speak to that. See, yeah, my it's... first experience with the Moonlight was in the first armored core. I didn't mm. know Kingsfield existed because I don't think it got a PAL release. So mm. I just assumed this was a reference to Armored Core until I like <laughs> discovered the internet like <laughs> 10 years later. Oh, right. Yeah. The, the Moonlight Greatsword is kind of weird with him from a lore perspective because it introduces yet another kind of thing. Um, the description talks about how there are these tiny sprites in it yeah. that, uh, that he followed and was fascinated by. Mm-hmm. Um, what are and- those? What do you think, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> well, what hap- what happens is um he find it's got um uh where are my notes? He finds the arcane sword. He doesn't like he he just finds it somewhere, pro- probably in the chalices. So it's not like it wasn't built by the workshop. Right. And then when he finds it, the, he finds the guidance rune at the same time. So the implication I got is that when he picks up the sword, the guidance rune like zaps into his mind. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because he talks about it being his guiding moonlight and how, like, the sprites in the sword are emptying him of his fears. Um, the the guidance rune gives you bonus rally, right? Mm-hmm. And that makes sense because we get a reference to the the sprites kind of emptied Ludwig of his fears in the hunt. And um, I read an interview with it wasn't Miyazaki; it was someone who else who worked on the game where he said that Miyazaki sees the health bar not as, like, your physical stamina, right. but as your will to go on. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that would have been nice to know in the actual game. <laughs> we've uh, we, we, again, we've had we that pop up in some appendices. to figure out what's happening. But, like, that seems to be what the rally system is. It's not you're getting health back. It's when you get hit, if you're able to land a counter, that, incre- that like, you, you're, you're reinvigorated. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be that's what the Moonlight and the Guidance are doing to Ludwig, that he's in this, he's like, he says, um, after you kill him, he talks to you a bit, and he talks about how he's steeped in in blood and steeped in beasts, and he kept going on. Mm -hmm. So it seems to be like that's what the Moonlight Sword was doing to him. It was giving him this strength to carry on in the midst of all these hunts. 
Yeah. 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 And and, and the like, sword was yeah. mimicked by the uh, by the holy blade. Yeah, this so. is really interesting because the holy blade and the rifle, it, both descriptions, it says it is said that the sword was implied was uh, employed by Ludwig, and then it is said that Ludwig used this rifle. Now we know that's not a, that it was just said. Ludwig mm -hmm. actually used the moonlight sword, right. and given the size of Ludwig and the fact that what he's wearing looks like the giant's uh, the church giant's garb. Mm -hmm. It looks maybe he he also used the church cannon instead of Ludwig's rifle, and these are just like small portable versions of them. Yeah, and it just kind of yeah. passed down through generations or whatever. Yeah, but like the the, the size is all totally inconsistent because like when Ludwig uses the moonlight greatsword, it's it's enormous, and when we use it, it's it's portable. So I don't know what to what to make of that. I think I feel like that just kind of happens in these <laughs> yeah. games. That happens with whenever you can yeah. get like a boss weapon. Because like there's yeah. this weird sort of. I get there's like a sort of implication in his design that he might actually have been a giant because mm -hmm. he's got the church giant garb on and he's got this gigantic sword mm -hmm. and like the Ludwig's rifle and Ludwig's holy blade are like smaller versions of stuff we see giant things wielding but mm -hmm. I, I don't know mm. Mm. yeah yeah but this fight changes substantially because this uh, sword, as you'll discover when you eventually wield it, if you choose to, um, uh, has a ranged aspect to it, just like it does in other From games. Um, it sends out these waves of energy, and um, he kind of takes on this more um, upright posture, and all of a sudden, this is a sword fight against a giant. Yeah. yeah. In a lot of ways, combined with some aspects of this beast fight. He still moves around like a beast does, but he yeah. is much more versatile. And this is where it really regains its interest. This is where it becomes something beyond just the normal beast fight that we've seen so far. It's almost like it, it's positioned as a, I mean, I guess, you know, when you fight a, a Lawrence later, but if you didn't fight Lawrence later, it's positioned as the first boss fight is almost transitioning you out of beast into these cool <laughs> dual fights. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's it's almost like literally bridging the gap, yeah, between them because the you know the next uh, spoiler, we're about to fight the best fight in the game after this. <laughs> the, uh, the the next boss fight is is so goddamn good. The um, the, I'm sorry, the the failures. Oh no, I'm sorry. The one okay. <laughs> I thought you were being sarcastic. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't. I don't actually hate the failures. Uh, I, I they're called the living failures, which I like a lot. Like that is a that's an evocative name. Mm -hmm. Cool. But uh, but yeah, like this could be seen as a transition away from the beasts into that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Lawrence, the the other beast fight in the DLC is is kind of a return to form. But uh, yeah. th th this definitely kind of made me maybe like it. I like the goofy horror aspect of this. Uh, you know, <laughs> Gary, we can just we can disagree on that. That's fine. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, like the fact that this, uh, kind of does that meta stuff, it has a mid boss, um, cutscene to it. It changes the name and, uh, uh, kind of brings back, it, it could be seen as a little bit fan servicey, but I love fighting against, fighting against the moonlight blade. Yeah. I also, I like the voice actor yep. with the, the delivery in that cutscene. Uh, mm -hmm. it has that kind of desperate, um, gratitude of talking to the sword. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I think is really kind of affecting and good. Like I like mm. that part. Don't unless anybody literally cut off one of his heads, and I think he's great. Like it's literally <laughs> his dumb long face that I think is stupid. Everything yeah. else is great. Yeah. Um, that's the the one thing. And then what that's the the big stupid thing that's going to do here in a minute mm -hmm. too. Um, <laughs> as a head doesn't work for me. Well, there's precedence in the series. And oh, there's like yeah. kind of shades of Sir Alon in mm -hmm. this. The way Sir Alon was bewitched by the sword that he found and it like yeah. led him 
Yeah. Mm, that's kind of, like, that's another cultural motif thing, the idea of, like, the sword overwhelms you. Yeah. And also the yeah. design, too, the fact that this does appear to be kind of this amalgamation. He, It is a little bit of a cat dog. Um, the, the, the way the, the way that he is, uh, mixed, mixed up and has these different ends of different things. Yeah. He's got all yeah. of the, the terror potential and coolness of design of cat dog. <laughs> um, Have you noticed that there are no cat bits in the whole game? Yeah. I was kind of hoping there would be some cat people. Yeah. I was hoping yeah. there wasn't cause I like cats and I wouldn't be able to hurt them. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're we're all cat boys here like we can we can we can agree but uh i kind of wanted them to be cool and like they're the good beasts yeah, yeah what are you, what are the cool beasts that just invite you to their house to eat turkey and giblet friskies and like <laughs> chill out with them it's just a different game i'm sorry i'm game. talking about the bloodborne license versions version of niko atsumi of mappy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, um yeah after you eventually uh beat Ludwig either you know with summons or without summons or what have you um his head uh hangs out <laughs> and uh is on the ground and it asks you if you're wearing do you did you have this cold because it says in the notes it just it says it asks you uh if hunters are still good and honorable did you know that it only does that if you're wearing church clothing yeah i just forgot to make a note of that <sighs> yeah because i didn't know yeah. it i just saw it in youtube videos he, later, he refers to you as hunter of the church mm-hmm. yeah when you when you you'll say our oh, hunter of the church tell me it's like adela yeah, yeah. it's cool yeah. that you can kind of trick him you know like, like that <laughs> and, and if by cool you mean tragic then <laughs> yeah it's kind of cruel but you can you can you can make him believe that the church is still good you can give him a yeah. you know some some hospice care <laughs> i like to you. him you know uh, yeah. i'll ameliorate his uh pain and suffering it's fine yeah yeah whereas uh i i, I wanted to rob all of his dignity before before death <laughs> the um the uh so he asked you that and you can either tell him the truth that the the church hunters have have gone gone the way of shit or uh that they're still good and noble um, yeah really really interesting like dialogue if you tell him that the church hunters have gone to shit mm-hmm. because he says something like oh then i was just a beast possessed degenerate as my detractors made clear yeah made eminently so it, clear yeah so like there was like there was friction in the church about whether ludwig was the right guy for the job and whether like Maybe even whether the church needed its own hunters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because prior to that, they're not part of the church. They seem no, to be an no. independent organization. They, yeah. uh, they 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 rise up from the uh, for like uh, the populace. They're commonplace, right? Well, th- this is the odd thing because we get the reference like hunters are ten a penny, right? Mm-hmm. But the ones that we find that presumably the ten a penny ones because they have the old hunters garb on. They're using hunter weapons from the hunter workshop, like the beast cutter and the the safe and things like that. Uh-huh. So that implies they're part of that workshop. Like there's a guy with the boom hammer, so he he's got connections to the powder kegs. That's totally different to what we have now, where there are like there are these quote unquote hunters in Yarnum, but mm-hmm. they're just like it's just a civilian rabble with yeah, just like pitchforks and stuff. Yeah. So it looks like the hunters like were like an actual big deal. Mm-hmm. They don't be. Mm-hmm. And, oh god, what, it's one of the Ludwig related items says that it's actually ludwig that starts just like recruiting civilians to form militia yes that, that it yes, is so, uh, specifically what lets you open the gate uh to the front yeah, door into yeah, the, the uh, yeah. hunter chief emblem yeah so it's like the yeah yeah it's, it started hmm. off as something more well regu- rel- yeah. regulated yeah it starts off as like an actual organization then the church it gets kind of folded into the church and then after mm-hmm. that it's just sort of forgotten about apart from german yeah mm-hmm 
and and, yeah. and I love the idea because so much of what we've seen so far throughout the main portion of the game is kind of the result of this political friction, right? Between yeah. you know between all these different kind of ideas of the right way to do things, and even that is kind of borne out here. And what we've seen, like you know, and what we know throughout the entire DLC, like this is chronologically one of the last things to happen, right? We are in Yarnum proper. We are yeah. looking at a vestige of the church as it exists right now, closest to what we can kind of interpret as the most recent yeah. beast scare. Right. Yeah. And like, um, it also helps you figure out where German fits in because when German's asleep, you can hear him call out to Lawrence. Mm hmm. So he obviously thinks Lawrence is still out there somewhere. He doesn't realize how bad things have gotten for Lawrence. Right. And given the state we find Lawrence in in the DLC, that seems to be like that would have already happened by now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because Ludwig is alive and Lawrence is. That's the other weird yeah. thing. Like Ludwig's in the nightmare. So did Ludwig die and pass on to the nightmare or was he locked up in the nightmare because the church didn't want anyone to know about him? Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, I could, I could see either. Yeah, I mean, either yeah, or. he's like, yeah. he's pretty beastly when we find him. Yeah, because like yeah. we're we're not like talking about stuff that's later on, but right. just briefly, like this area we're in is connected to basically the church's prison, it's like right. the yeah. version of Guantanamo Bay, where all the hunters right. are locked up that they don't want that they think are dangerous, and we, like, we're right next to that. So it it could be that Ludwig has just been locked up in this area. He wouldn't fit in a cell, obviously, because he's mm -hmm. too big. So they've just <laughs> dumped him here, and yeah, yeah. It's the sense. whole thing about like, like um, again going back to the old hunters set that we find. It's like one day the hunters vanished, mm -hmm. so it's not even like they died; they just disappeared one day. So it's like, did did the amygdala like crawl around grabbing them or something? It's like, did they go there in their sleep when they were dreaming? It's it's really not made clear what actually mm -hmm. happened. But it seems yeah. to be this like this like hunter rapture thing happened, and they all mm -hmm. vanished. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything to suggest like what actually the mechanics yeah. of it. No. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that kind of disappearance or diaspora between them. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. It, it's on the old, the old hunter set. It's like it's not like other sets in the game because we find it in pieces. We don't find yeah. the whole thing. And I, like each each item of the set has a different description. And like one of them specifically says that like one day all the hunters disappeared. One day, the hunters disappeared, and Yarnamites began to whisper of the hunters' sin. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Is that on the decorative set? Let me see uh, here. I think it's just the regular one. It's the yeah. one that you find in the first, like, Cathedral Plaza area. Okay. Yeah. I don't know which part of the set. I think it might be the chest piece. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> I don't know what to make of any of this. Yeah. And like, and like it, there's this sort of this like meta I don't understand thing because this is the nightmare. So it, mm -hmm. nothing here is, is is beholden to physical laws to begin with. Right, mm. right. And I'm not expecting it all to I'm not expecting yeah. all of the ends to meet exactly. You know? Yeah, and like it makes me wonder if like the the deformed form of Ludwig um, whether that was actually what he looked like as a beast or whether he's kind of further transformed because he was in the nightmare for so long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like like in Mensis, you find like there's the crows with dog heads and the dogs with crow heads and pigs with spider heads and like people, uh, spiders with people heads. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like those things don't seem to exist outside of the nightmare. They're like something that happens there. So yeah. Ludwig could be like something similar maybe. 
previously we had talked about the the dogs and pigs heads and and spider pigs and the like um, <laughs> as being uh, like a, a lesser entry in the Simpsons mythology, and yeah. in addition to being a lesser entry in the Simpsons mythology, um, as being something about like your perceptions that you're bringing there, because a lot of the things in the nightmare seem to be mashups of things you've seen. Yeah. Right. So but you have to the. Me, uh, it's like, like I I think we all differ on like how we see the nightmare because like I. I'm like so I, having like read the Lovecraft stuff that seems to be like being riffed on in mm-hmm. Lovecraft's writing, the nightmare slash dream world. It's, it's another, it's like a place. It's not an actual dream. Yeah. So that's, but I mean, that's just because that's where I was coming from. And like, if you don't come from that, you're going to have no, a different that, interpretation and it's really not clear like who's right or if either side's right. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, we don't, we're not as far apart as maybe you think. Like that's, that's definitely where I'm coming yeah. from with things too, is that it's yeah. a different, it's not just a dream, it's a different dimension, but um, yeah. something that comes up in the stories a little bit with, um, in Dream Quest with uh, King Kiriandis yeah. or, or what have you, yeah, but it happens a lot in the tabletop game is this idea that it is an actual place. You can also kind of affect it. Yeah. Like there's yeah. this like, like ability I, to dream and yeah. change things. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I definitely think it's actually a place. I just think that. It is something that is more mutable. Yep, than exactly. Yeah, well, that, that's how it of. works in because, like the you know, Kuranes, the character you're talking about. Yeah, he's a he's like a he's a king in the dreamlands, and because he's a king, he's able to like shape the world around him to resemble places he remembers. Mm-hmm. And he's able to like dream up like a castle that his ancestors lived in, in a little lodge for himself, and he's able to dream up a village and things. Mm-hmm. So it seems like um, they're very mutable. But yeah. then yeah, there's a that... question about like. Is is it being controlled by the like nightmare host people, or is it the great ones build it because they kind of take a snapshot of something and then recreate it imperfectly? Because mm-hmm. like the impression I got from the the hunter's dream is like that the moon presence just saw the workshop and was like, oh okay, that's where hunters live. Yeah. So it's just right. like it's just worked up a little like bootleg of the workshop. Mm-hmm. And in Mensis, like, I don't know where the Mensis place is supposed to be in the real world. It might be nowhere. But it looks to me like if I had to guess, I'd say that's part of Yahagul that we never go to that kind of got lifted out and recreated. Mm. So, like, if Mensis summoned a great one at Yahagul, then it would have seen, oh, okay, this is where Mensis hang out. I'll make a version of this for them. That's kind of the impression. <laughs> so, so like, like a zoo oh, habitat. I, I hear you like yeah, race cars, yeah, so I built yeah. you a race car bed. No, it's 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 like you know having a pet lizard. You try to recreate the area oh. for it. You have the heat right and everything. Right. You put you yeah. put a stick yeah. with a leaf in there to make it think the of habitat of Mensis. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could see it. Like just you know, just just me because I am an agent of compromise. I could see it being a mixture of both. Like yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, you you bring your own perception to it, and 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 it is yeah. a mutable space that responds to you know, it, it is it is a location that, uh, that 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 bends to match the whims of whoever whoever comes to it specifically yeah. because there are parts of it that the, the the viewer's mind has to fill in. Yeah, yeah. it could it could be there. I don't see it as mutually exclusive either. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like there's there's elements of both, but definitely don't uh, misunderstand. Like I don't, uh, I never thought this was a dream that wasn't real. Right. You know, I just thought that it yeah. doesn't necessarily uh, adhere to the same kind of laws of mute. You know, of of uh, immutability. If you die in the nightmare, you die in real life. It's true. <laughs> and you you die in the second nightmare. You die in the extra extra double nightmare. It, it, it um, is it is unending nightmare death forever. Mirrors within mirrors. Yeah. Do we have any Go kind ahead. of final things to say about uh, uh, Ludwig? 
um, as um, far as uh, if if you leave him, if you leave his head and come back, yeah. Simon will come and put it out of its misery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's if you answer. Does he do that regardless, or does it happen if you answer no and then he goes crazy? I don't. I don't actually I think, know that. I think if you say the Church of Fine, he like the head will just stay there, and Simon <laughs> won't kill it unless <laughs> you say no. My work is done. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it does this big neighing. Oh, yeah, he sounds like like Homer Simpson. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, when it's, it's... when when he's arguing with Mr. Burns about the union rules, he like he like lies on the floor and runs around. He's like. That, that is what yeah, it sounds turns, like. Turns, turns, <laughs> I'm going to put a marker there so you can cut it in. And also, yeah. and also, Homer Simpson doing the three stooges running in a circle on the floor. Yeah, it is. I, I just hope that I, I'm happy to respectfully disagree with you about the effectiveness of Ludwig Cole, but the fact that that reminds me of Homer Simpson is part of why that doesn't work for terror. <laughs> Right. Purposes for but, me. Uh, Gary, humor, humor, and terror are so innately related in our minds. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the Simpsons are not. Like, I don't... Other than that flesh part. Maybe they're, like, easing you into the broccoli head rune. Like, just making everything slightly stupid so when you finally unlock the broccoli head, it's like, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with it. I'm not... It's, like, slowly getting into a hot bath. To to be fair, Gary, this wasn't like I was playing Amnesia or Silent Hill 3. I didn't have to pause this cutscene and go into the other other room and talk to my grandma so I could, like, get get my head back on my shoulders (laughs) to face the challenges ahead. No, I I just... I, like substitute in like cool <laughs> okay like, whether i think it's cool yeah you um, want to talk about what simon says when he kills ludwig yeah yeah what does he Rebe- say because he says um he gives you the moonlight greatsword and he says this is ludwig's guiding light the blinding thread that led and misled that consummate hero so it's yeah the the sword seems to have like overwhelmed him and it like drove him on to do like it, it's like it drove him on to keep fighting, and because he was fighting so much, maybe that's what led to the beasthood taking over because he was so drunk with blood. I could see that. Like inadvertently, it was a it yeah. was a contact blood high. <laughs> yeah, no, like going back to like Alon and the idea of like the cursed sword that like compels you. Because mm-hmm. one of the things you get around cursed swords in in Japanese uh, folklore is the idea that there'll be a sword that the sword will drive you to kill, like. Mm-hmm. Once this as, is drawn, it must whole, taste blood. Yeah, it, it, yeah, or even like it's not even if it's drawn, just having the sword on you, it starts overwhelming you mm-hmm. and wanting you to go out and kill. Right. So it looks like the moonlight might have been something similar to that. Mm-hmm. And if if he finds it in the in the chalices, which I'm just going to assume because I don't know where else he would have found it, <laughs> then like it it could have been a Thumerian weapon. Mm-hmm. We know that the Thumerians have beast issues. Because there's beasts all over the Thumru chalices. And presumably they can't all have been like people who went in the chalices and transformed from the surface. Mm. So this could have been like 
like a weapon that was used to rid Thumaru of beast infestation at some point. What's, what's funny about it, it's moonlight and moon, <laughs> the moon in werewolf myth, you know, obviously, will, yeah. will transform them, right? And yeah. this is being used, this, this, this elemental force that transforms people into beasts is also being used to slay them for the, for the oh, force I, of good. Yeah. The whole thing about fear that I completely forgot until now. Cause when, the, the Moonlight Sword is described as it's emptying Ludwig of his fears, right? Mm -hmm. And that's presumably what led to him becoming a beast. But then when you talk to Eileen, she's all about like, well, fear is what separates us from beasts. Yeah. Mm. But here you have fear is what's... Yeah. We need fear in our hearts to not be beasts. And then Ludwig is emptied of his fears. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he, he's emptied of fears because because he's blinded by this by this tiny light. If you talk to him yeah. and, you're, and you're not wearing the church garb, he says, Good hunter, have you seen the thread of light? Just a hair, a fleeting thing, yet I clung to it, steeped as I was in the stench of blood and beasts. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't know what it was. He really, he yeah. didn't. Like, as though this was a sense of regret. And this is what leads into the Homer Simpson whooping. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. that is itself another, like, hell motif. Mm -hmm. Because there's a, a, a story about uh, a guy who's trapped in in buddhist hell and he's buddha this is going to become relevant later on um <laughs> buddha is in paradise and he looks down through the water in paradise and he sees the guy trapped in hell and then he lowers a thread down hmm. that the guy attempts to climb out of hell on and it's described as being a thread of light yeah hmm. and like yeah. i don't know there because i don't have the japanese text of the old hunters yet whether the the way it's calling it a thread of light is just a translation coincidence or whether that yeah. is maybe intentional. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah Cause there are other parts too, where the, when going back to the fear real quick that like fear is a hallmark of humanity or is a necessary yeah. thing for, for human nature yeah. and fear the safety. Old blood. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like that's a big part of it is this idea of like, yeah, you know, so that, that's, yeah. that's interesting, the way that kind of you know, ties yeah, together. Yeah, and then you have Amelia, and then later on her speech is repeated where it's saying the blood soothes our fears. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, all, and also the yeah. Bergenworth turns blood into sorry. sedative, right? Which immediately <laughs> yeah. turns you, you yeah. know, like the sedative, obviously. Like you're just popping a Z-bar and you're no longer yeah. afraid of anything, right? And it ties into the whole thing about your life bar actually being your will to go on. Because the the blood vials that you use, it says in the description that it's not that actually the blood is coursing through your veins. It's that taking a blood vial is very invigorating. Mm -hmm. It like gives yeah. you a second wind. So that's, yeah. Eliminating some of your fear. It's like Max Payne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All, all, all good stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's pretty that's pretty much Ludwig. Um we're gonna find out more about what's going on here for sure. Um but that's that's yeah, that's good. We did some good work, guys. <laughs> some some interesting uh kind it's of at least uh if you know the kind of thematic echoes and, and the yeah. like kind of going throughout um yeah. with this. Uh you can get the weapon. Uh the weapon is really good if you're built for it, is my understanding. Yeah, it's uh um, it's great. Yeah. I was it's doing like double digit game. damage. Like it's really bad if you're not built for it. Mm. Yeah. Um the uh but yeah we're gonna we're gonna move on after this um yeah so richard thank you mm -hmm. thank um, you very much for having me on yeah, yeah. no it's, it's been really great uh thank you and hopefully uh dark souls 3 rolls around if you're equally <laughs> invested you'll come back um, yeah, i hope so too that would be awesome um can you uh can you remind people online where they can find you uh well well my channel title is a bilingual pun 
<laughs> that I'm not even going to try explaining. So, <laughs> if you just type Bloodborne up close into YouTube and hit search, you should find probably something by me. <laughs> they have yeah, like a red title card. You'll you'll recognize it. It'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, and, and also the the channel title is a it is a Metal Gear reference, which I really appreciate. So, no, it wasn't supposed to be a Metal Gear reference. No. Oh wow. No. I mean, <laughs> this is when people are like um, saying, like, I never expected anyone to care about what I did, and it's clearly an affectation. Ah. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> obvious that like I've put no thought into any aspect of the YouTube <laughs> channel whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we were going to be like kindred spirits, like hey, military on frontier. Like, yeah, no, let's no, go. no. There, there was a um, there was a terrible old British game show called uh -huh. um, Jouis Sans Frontier, ah, as in okay. games without borders. But if you read it phonetically, it was Jerks Sans Frontier. Ah, th there we go. So I'm getting to the heart of it. J yeah. UX. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not good with branding. Oh no, no, I'm just I'm just like revealing how, how uncultured <laughs> I am. Yeah, no, it's your, fine. Your, your mind immediately went to uh, the Metal Gear reference rather than Doctors Without Borders. Yeah, well, the the <laughs> Metal Gear thing, I saw that as a reference to it's, it's Soldiers Without Borders yeah, instead of Doctors Without the Borders. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I bought um, Phantom Pain. I've not played it yet because all the only PS4 game I have played all year is Bloodborne. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's next time I have I'm this really glad that I finally recorded all the footage I need because I can finally just <laughs> anything yeah. else. Well, well, fortunately, MSF is more of a Peace Walker thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. man, <laughs> but yeah, we, we. I really appreciate the, uh, the 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 level of detail and research that you brought to this. Thank like you. I wouldn't have known about uh, any of that afterlife kind of stuff if you uh, yeah, if you hadn't brought you. it to our to our attention. It's the kind of stuff thank you can you, find on, on Richard's channel. Yeah. Recommended. Um, next week we're going to be talking about the research hall, mm -hmm. um, the little jail under the research hall, and uh, uh, my favorite boss fight: the living failures. <laughs> Jk, uh, up through uh, Maria. So uh, stay tuned for that. We're going to be joined by uh, Josh Garrity from the Kane and Rents yeah. uh, podcast. Uh, I'm so excited about that. And uh, yeah, there's still plenty of time if you're listening to this to, to write in. Yeah. Um, so hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact if you have thoughts about the DLC. We don't have a specific date for a deadline on this just because our recording schedule is mercurial. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, like, if there is roughly a deadline, two weeks from now. yeah, roughly two weeks from now, um, watch for like on like on Facebook. But the sooner the better is what I'm going to say. Yeah. We already have a lot of responses. I'm going to say ahead of time, like, please don't have your feelings hurt if we don't include it, just because uh, we have just a ton of people who've come out to talk already. Mm -hmm. So, and and as always, the way to to ensure or make it more likely that your response gets read is that uh, you know it's great to to just say how much you like the thing mm -hmm. um, but kind of individual uh, impressions theories and kind of stories and stuff you know I don't think we've ever not read something that involved a story from childhood <laughs> I think if it has to do with like Gary don't give them the cheat codes come on yeah I, I, it's out there it's open information wants to be free cool um, yeah so it's you know if it's something that is a, a personal story or personal anecdote it is more likely to get read but it's going to be a long <laughs> appendix so not everything is going to get caught yeah. um, we're also mere minutes away from hammering out our off season yeah so people who are wondering what we're going to do between bloodborne and dark souls 3 God, we are that's so spiraling that's like almost tomorrow there. Almost tomorrow is when that's happening oh god yeah <laughs> yep yeah. um yeah so i think i think that's probably about it um do we have yep. any, any final thoughts or anything um no i think we've covered pretty much everything we did yeah it was it was we, definitely yeah, uh, super thorough so oh, um Old Hunter Henriette is awful. 
<laughs> yeah. Sum- I summoned her to Ludwig, and she died almost immediately. It's it's not a net gain versus oh, what she actually, adds to the health. Um, uh, Volta. Yep, yep. The way that Volta changes depending on his state in the waking world. Oh, yeah. The way his summon That's does. That's like, like a later thing. Yeah. Um, he will take off his helmet, and he's mm-hmm. called Volta. He's called Volta, Master of the League. He wears the helmet. If you complete his quest line and he dies, then. When you summon him, he's Volta the Beast Eater, and his helmet's off, and you can see his face looks like... I was expecting um, him to have a milky eye, maybe, because of the Scourge, but he's, both his eyes are the same. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty boy. Yeah. I actually, like, I, I did this. I made a milky-eyed character because I wanted to have someone who looked like they were suffering from the Scourge. So that's, <laughs> that's built into the character creation, but they don't use it here. Hmm. So And that, that's, like, really... Because it's like you in the Hunter's Nightmare. Are you are you like incarnated there in an earlier form like in your prime maybe so we get like young like kind of Bishonen Volta at at the peak of him like as the beast eater as opposed to like kind of middle aged like coughing sick Volta that's in the waking world god I hope I'm 17 in heaven yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh I don't I'm 17 like what an asshole well I mean mentally whatever but like physically (laughs) the um if if you can if you can be dead in the real world and be alive in the the nightmare to be summoned there's no reason why you couldn't be alive and also like an earlier state and like vice versa because you can like summon Henrik who's dead yeah 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 um yeah good uh absolutely yeah and do think about um and then like the final absolute final if uh you know if you're listening to this if you want to support us uh, financially you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash duck tv big help yeah. um yeah and i, I guess uh, until next time cole what should they uh what should they do oh have mercy have mercy upon us umbasa 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 yay yeah thank you for participating <laughs> And we all pray that we will have far more soon.